Volume 3, Issue 128 of the Cana Rinse Podcast. You can play along with Cana Rinse Volume 3, and the next five issues are concluding our Super Mario series, the new Super Mario Brothers games, then concluding the Portal series, Portal 2, then it's the long-awaited Hitman Blood Money Show. After that, we return to Criterion's Arcade Racers uh, with Burnout 3 Takedown and Burnout Revenge and probably a bit of Legends and Dominator chat as well. And after that, we attempt to talk intelligently and knowledgeably about Street Fighter 2, The World Warrior, and its many uh, spin-offs. But nothing further than Super Turbo, just so as you know, we're not doing the entire Street Fighter in one issue, because that would be ridiculous. Head to canerince.com for the full schedule, the blog, and links to our merchandise store. Thanks to those of you who have bought t-shirts and bags and things already. Uh, we love it when you send pictures in uh, via Twitter or Facebook. Uh, we have a Facebook and a Google Plus and a YouTube channel, uh, to which mainly uh, Darren Gargett here provides wonderful, amusing videos. Uh, probably, it's probably fair to say they're a bit uh, lighter and more. Um, there's more levity in them than, than than the podcast here. So if you like that sort of thing, head over to hear Darren squeaking like a girly about about all sorts of games. Uh, and as always, please remember to subscribe to us on iTunes, where you can also review and rate the podcast for our benefit, which we appreciate. Thank you very much. Now, joining me, Leon Cox, in this issue, it is the aforementioned Darren Gargett. Um, left trigger to drift, I guess so. Yeah, if you like. With a bit of... you need to steer as well, otherwise... Of course. Yeah. James Carter. I'll be your driving hero baby. And Carl Moon. I don't really have a witty comment, so... That's fine. Don't worry about it. So, Criterion, then. Now, uh, they make... they made all the Burnout games. Right, we know that. Um, They were formed in 1993, which is quite a long time before Burnout. For some reason in my head, even though I had played uh, Trick Style and I was aware of um, Redline Racer and Suzuki... Is it Ulster Racing? Um, On the Dreamcast, uh, Redline Racer was a Windows game. But um, I was not really that sort of, you know, au fait with Criterion. but I was interested in in a couple of things about them. Obviously, they were formed by uh, Alex Ward and David Lauke. Um, but also, and I only learned this element today, Adam Billiard was one of the Criterion founders. Now, he made a game that most people uh, here and listening probably won't remember, but it's intriguing to me. There was a great 8-bit, uh, or, well... It wasn't a great game, but technically it was a magnificent 8-bit racer called Electroglide with a K. Um, it was first person and it was kind of futuristic. It was a little bit like, although it predated, it was a little bit like Atari's Road Blasters coin-op. 
Um, but uh, it had a weird end where you just suddenly uh, stopped and uh, a noise built up and then the screen went black and I always thought what have I done wrong why have I died but watching playthroughs on the on YouTube now it seems that they just ran out of games so they just <laughs> did, they just did that but technically this game was fantastic it had this glorious bass relief dashboard and um, a great I think it was a David Whittaker tune um, so I, I'm really fascinated to see that he was one of the founders uh, of, of Criterion, having worked for English software before. And also the other per- the name I did know at this point that was involved in Criterion was Paul Glancy. Um, now I, d- I don't know if he was a founder in, in the sense of, you know, part of the business, but I know he joined them and worked for them quite quickly. Um, but I knew him from the 80s from Zap64 and um, later he joined CMVG and was, you know, he was quite an entertaining reviewer. So... Um, any Criterion memories? I mean, we're not doing a trick-style show here, but that was the game that perhaps was theirs that was best known, Dreamcast launch title. Mm, I never really paid attention to the name Criterion until you know, until the Burnout series came along, and even then I missed the first one. So, you know, okay. the name, it was a bit of a shock seeing all those games on a Wikipedia list, thinking, they made trick-style and Airblade. Like, and I think that's down to the publisher rather than the developer. Like, the name right. Acclaim, I sort of swerved it <laughs> because I've played previous Acclaim games, and I was like... Yeah, I'll give that. I'll give them a miss. But it's quite interesting to see that they've been around a lot longer than the Burnout franchise. Yeah, I mean, I, I knew them personally from Trick Style. Uh, I, yeah, it was a game that I actually picked up at launch with my Dreamcast. Mm, me too. And I, it, it always felt like the game I wanted to love, but I just it sort of wouldn't let me do it. Yes, yeah, I agree. You know, it had so much potential, and so it was the run into Burnout One, and then there was obviously the talk that this is what they've been working on since Trick Style, and mm. but the, the name Criterion never rang a bell, probably all the way through to Burnout Three. The thing that I remember is always seeing the big Renderware logo all mm. the time, and then, and then you know it sort of I put two and two together, and eventually realised that it was essentially the same company but I was recognising Renderware on the boot-ups more than the actual company name because Criterion as I think we've already alluded to didn't really ring any bells with people because the, you know for a company to be around so long and not really know too much about them is quite unusual my guess is that Trickstar probably made them quite a bit of money because it was uh, a Dreamcast launch game and it was quite well reviewed although I don't know too many people who played it and really loved it i think it was there were you know it was impressive for the time on a technical level but it you know it like the the concept of the the kind of you know mixing tony hawks with wipeout seemed like a really exciting idea but actually the the, the gameplay certainly i remember leaving quite a lot to be desired I mean, it still sounds like an interesting yeah idea. someone should someone should do it um <laughs> i don't remember airblade i think that came did that come after burnout just it was on the ps2 so yeah. it was roughly about the same time as burnout one Right, um, but people people bought it because they liked trick style. Surprisingly, because this is kind of the era when I was working in the game shop in town, so I've kind of got a, a brief, vague memory of you know of, of these games and people buying them. So yeah, Airblade was actually quite quite popular on the second hand scene. Okay, and obviously since then, other than Black, uh, which is a game that could get its own cane of rinse one day, uh, some people I know remember it very fondly. Um, it has been Burnout all the way, including their Need for Speed games, <laughs> which are clearly Burnout games uh, with a Need for Speed influence rather than the other way around. Um, but we're, as I say, this series of podcasts is going to go up to uh, Burnout Paradise and probably a little chat about the, the downloadable arcade game of Crash, um, but not focusing on that. Um, so Renderware then, this was there. You know I'm not a technical person or expert, but this is their middleware um, 
platform for people to make games on, and I think Rockstar used it for GTA 3 at least, didn't they? Yeah, and Vice City and San Andreas as well. Okay. I, I remember right. seeing that logo everywhere. Uh, mm. the, the little shiny dog underneath the name Renderware. I was like, what, what is this? Because it was about, about the time when I knew enough of company names, but not really the technology behind it. And I think that's like, you know, internet. Having the access to internet now, you can sort yeah. of just research anything whenever you want. But back then, it was kind of like, what does that even mean? Um, so yeah, I saw it a lot during the startup of GTA 3, because that, that was one of my favorite yeah, games yeah. at the time. So yeah, Curiosity, when I booted up Burnout 2, and I was like, Renderware. So, you know, I kind of joined the dots and... You know, made so technically, it was a pretty uh, adept piece of kit, um, and I, and again, I assume as with um, people like ID and Epic, they probably made a lot of money licensing renderware out. That is people. how you make your money. I mean, it, yeah. the amount of sort of security, financial security, it can take to sort of level off your platform and other companies is, is huge, and especially when you've got a company like Rockstar, who, as we mentioned, actually used it before they mm. created their Rage engine. Um, there's quite right. a bit of money to be made from the Grand Theft yeah. Auto series, and yeah, I think um, one of the first we'll, we'll talk about our histories of, of the first game in a minute. But um, w- although I didn't play Burnout One at the time, um, you know, I do remember there being a lot of talk of it, about it looking very swish. It looked like you know a decent for the era, early two thousands. It looked like a like a, an arcade game, you know, which was you know kind of what you aspired to at this point we were still only only a handful of years from uh really from things like daytona usa and, and ridge racer um and games that looked like that only more flash were you know it was exciting to have those to have those at home they didn't you know thinking about say ps1 racers where you know not not saying anything bad about what uh, say polyphony achieved with gran turismo but polygons tended to be a bit wobbly and draw distances tended to be limited and then you know this gen and the renderware engine allowed us to have these games that you know were really yeah quite flash and, and impressive and fast and dynamic so yes our histories end burnout one carl did you uh, pick this up at the time in 2001 november-ish I actually didn't, um, which feels weird to say because I think that might be the first time I've done it on a cane and rinse. Um, <laughs> no, I had a friend who was, he wanted to pick up a racing game and obviously at the time in 2001 you were sort of stuck between the established franchises of you know, Need for Speed, you had the appalling Ridge Racer 5 and other racers like that and he'd come from a background where he enjoyed sort of the, the, the lesser known ones like Burning Road on the PlayStation 1 and this seemed like something similar and it got a lot of press and we were reading through magazines, and he wanted a you know a big racing game to get for the Christmas uh, present. So we sort of got our heads together, and we thought, well, if you get that one, I'll get another game, and you know we can come together. So we decided that the one he was going to ask for was going to be Burnout because of the you know the the press cuttings and the advertisings towards it, and the videos, of course, that came with the magazines made it look really, really good. And of course, mm. we since know that so much got cut back, but it was really impressive sort of campaign to, to push that game and, and so he went for it so that that's how I ended up playing Burnout 1 James you've uh, you lent me your copy for this um, uh, yeah, is that the first time you played it that's the first time I played it so that's uh, okay. a couple of months back I, I right played it this is going to be interesting <laughs> uh, yeah no um, it is it, this is going to be a very strange series of three podcasts for me to be on because uh, Burnout Legends is my first Burnout, which is sounds ridiculous because that, of course, is a kind of um, greatest a, hits a series encompassing greatest hits yeah. of of kind of the first two games and then done in yeah. as a sort of 
an attempt at doing uh, three on a on a handheld, um, and mm. that that game just str- struck all sorts of chords with with me. Mm. It's just well, we'll talk about that next time around. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but it brought me to Burnout and to um, to the series and to Criterion, and then um, it obviously came out um, a couple of years, three years before um, Paradise. Yeah. So by the time Paradise came out, I was all about that. But okay. uh, now, so now I'm going back to the uh, the sort of the, the previous mm. games, looking at it through the lens of knowing what a what a burnout game came to be, yeah. and kind of seeing the the lineage from a very stripped back beginning. I think it's fair to say. But yeah, yeah so two years ago, first uh, first time I played it, and uh, we we'd had the burnout games on the the grand spreadsheet um, yep. for a while and so it seemed the opportune moment to go back and, and look at these um, through yeah slightly different lens I suppose than, than a lot of people have come to them Okay, Darren? Yeah I came to the original Burnout way after Kanin and Rinsing Burnout 2 Oh um, okay Yeah so it was a bit of a retrospective <laughs> thing even back then for me um, yeah. like you know, I'd sold a lot of copies of the game in the shop that I was working at, at the time, and I always wondered, like, why are people buying this game? Like, it's obviously got some sort of, you know, element to it, and the front cover, you know, it shows some sort of action where the car squeezing between two other cars, mm. or vehicles at least. And But I've never really been into racing games with cars, because I've always associated that with, like, tedious gameplay, to be honest. Like, just driving around race courses isn't really the thing that I like doing. Uh, you, know, you want, I'm, you I'm, want I'm, green shells and I want green and shells and Captain Falcon skins. Yeah, and okay, Wipeout yeah. 2097 pretty much yeah, like, right. I, I love the arcade racer to you know that too much and but the more I worked in this shop the longer I worked in it people were like no it is quite arcadey like it's really mm. actually it's really arcadey and maybe like, and but I think Burnout 2 was just coming out at the time and my boss at the, at the time was like yeah you, you need to play Burnout 2 because the first one was pretty special so I played you know played Burnout 2 and then retro- retroactively played Burnout 1 Okay, well that's another uh, slightly differing perspective. Mm. Uh, I hadn't played Burnout until a couple of weeks ago. Um, I bought the second one on launch day, we'll come to that. Um, so, And I've played all of them since, apart from Dominator, to some degree or another. I've mixed feelings about different games in the series, but coming, yeah, going back to Burnout 1 now, obviously it's, it's, uh, it's standard, def. Um, it's, a, it's a last, last gen game, two gens ago really. Um, and uh, playing, yes, playing James's uh, Xbox copy via emulation, um, and there are a few issues with that. Uh, so, yeah, it's quite weird because I've owned a copy of Burnout Two the whole, pretty much the whole time since that came out in two thousand three. Um, was it two thousand three? And uh, and yet, only now have I gone back and played the first game. But I remember people saying, I remember on the the nascent gaming forums of the time some people when Burnout 2 coming out saying uh, oh they've got you know they're going too far down the you know the crazy extreme route it's too arcadey I really like the purity <laughs> of the first game and you know we, you you hear this with every series over and over again yeah. now having played them back to back you know I, I I still have good feelings about the second one but playing the first one for the first time now less so um and yeah, I'm not sure why I didn't get it at the time. I remember thinking, oh, that looks cool. Uh, I've always enjoyed arcade races. It may have been a certain amount of um, 
Japanese arcade snobbery, thinking you know this is this is a British game. They're not as good as uh, at doing this as you know. I was very much into the very particular mechanics of things like Ridge Racer and Daytona, um, and I wondered if they could carry it off. Maybe it's just that it looked a little bare bones, even from the reviews and the descriptions, even though it was being quite well reviewed. Or maybe I just got distracted and ended up not buying it. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously back in the Amiga days, I've been playing British-made racers, Lotus and Jaguar and things like that, so it's not that I was that prejudiced against I mean, I, it. But I think it's it's an easy one, isn't it? Around 2001, you can say that you know you had the uh, PlayStation 2 only out the year before. The Dreamcast was still sort of sort of kicking, and you had the Xbox. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the Xbox was 2001, so... Um, 2002 over here. But yeah, yeah. So there was obviously a lot of holding off on games and saving money and getting funds mm. here and there. So I, I think it was an easy one for people to sort of miss out because it was a new franchise. And, you know, we, we, there were so many established franchises at the time that we all knew were getting games. We knew there was the uh, Gran Turismo 3. We had, obviously, the Need for Speed series. So sort of people were like, ah, well, I'll just skip Burnout because it's not one of the big ones. Um, at least yeah. that's, that's the mentality I know from a lot of people that just they, they thought I can't spend forty pounds on that because it's a bit of a gamble. Yeah, I think it was. I, I actually got my. Uh, this was released on PS2 in November two thousand and one, which was the month I got my PS2. I got the Gran Turismo three pack. Um, I've never been. I've always been an admirer, but never an enjoyer of the Gran Turismo games. But obviously, as a launch title for PS2 back then, it was you know it was really flash, really impressive. Um, it was you know I hadn't played a Gran Turismo for three years at that point, and and that was cool. So yeah, perhaps I just didn't. And and it would have been uh, you know remembering the prices in um, Game and Virgin and wherever at that point, it would it would have probably been forty four ninety nine for quite a while, um, which which would have been off putting for what may have been reported as a, as a fun but quite uh, slight arcade racer. Um, yeah, so uh, both uh, GameCube and Xbox versions arrived in April and May two thousand two, possibly alongside their respective machines. I can't remember, um, but that was around the launch time for both of those consoles, so it would make sense. Um, in this case, they were pretty much straight ports, I think. Um, whereas Criterion did some stuff with the sequel on Xbox, which we'll come to. Uh, so yeah, let's get into it. Um, Carl, you're the only one who was there at the time, <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. So remembering, you know, your first moments playing Burnout. Now there was something that not really many racing games had done before. It wasn't the first one to have crashes or physics or anything like that but it was probably the first one that really had a you know rewarded you for driving like an idiot <laughs> yeah not at a younger age i guess but um yeah burnout was sort of it was a really exciting one because obviously I, I was going around and we were going to take turns with my friend and you know, you mm. always have a good time and he picked up his uh, ps2 when the uh, Gran Turismo 3 thing came out so we had originally been playing that and then this was going to be his sort of relief from it so yeah, it was sort of an interesting one because we looked at so many uh, reviews so many previews should I say so many um, of the video clips of it that when we actually played it it was quite empty at least as to how they'd build it up um, mm. but the the one thing that you couldn't mistake was how well the cars handled um, and I, I think that's obviously something that we're going to come on to where they sort of just got it right from the start was the handling and they built the rest of the series around that so with the handling and the speed came a lot of the fun of the game so 
we would sort of have a laugh and then we'd have these crazy crashes um obviously you you get a reward a financial reward for like fifty thousand dollars for mm. smashing into the back of a saloon yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're like that's, anyway. that's weird yeah and it, all of that seemed like a bit confusing to me i remember mm. my friend enjoying it a lot more than i did at the time i was a little bit like ooh, you know maybe it's a put a bad recommendation forward but he genuinely loved it and the more we played mm. it there was always those moments of fun where you think these are definitely the foundations for a potential new game but you always worry that perhaps especially uh, the new era of consoles and it was particularly brutal um, for the, the PlayStation 2 generation you know a lot of games didn't actually get sequels so I remember thinking well if they did get a Burnout 2 they've, they've got a really good starting point but you know, if they don't, there's, there's fun to be had here, um, and hopefully people give it a play. But um, yeah, I mean, there was there was so many positives, but it felt like such a sort of loose game. Like there was no cohesion between the things in the game. It's like, why am I re- getting rewarded points for crashing into people, and then the game wants to reward me for driving sort of well? And you know, I've got this boost meter, which by the way, it takes forever to fill up in the, yeah, in the first game. Yeah, yeah. Um, where, and then you do a race in the championship mode and you realise that there's, there's not much choice, but uh, I suppose compared to the previous generation, there was there was loads where something like mm. um, Burning Road had like three tracks and three yeah, cars yeah, yeah. and yeah. obviously Daytona was similar. So, Sega Rally. Yeah, yeah there, there, there was sort of that element to it, but it was. I just remember thinking, this is taking ridiculously long. Like two and a half minutes a lap long on a, <laughs> on tracks that have no yeah. real reference points it just feels like you're doing the same bit maybe four times to one lap and you, you mm. know I, I remember it was that, it was that kind of game where you look at it and you're like I'm still on the first lap I'm sure I've done that <laughs> yeah. bit so, um, it's like two and a half minutes long per lap yeah. it barely even acknowledges when you go through a lap as well oh, the first yeah, no, game it's like that, yeah. what, where am I what am I <laughs> yeah. it sort of yeah. felt I remember thinking it felt really between the limbo of being an arcade machine and being a home console release, but yeah, the, the, it the had fun I had from it was that I had a real fondness for playing uh, Cruising USA for all yeah, my yeah. sins in the arcade, um, and this was perhaps the closest that I'd come to a real quality version yeah, because obviously yeah. the Cruising USA on the N sixty four wasn't very good, um, <laughs> and so this was pretty much the best that for this kind of game that I had played on a home console to the arcade, and I think that is where my enjoyment came from because I was like, oh great, you know, obviously. We had the uh, Daytona and, and Sega Rally were great, but this was sort of the next step more, you know, more stuff to be had. But it was, I just remember thinking, I hope they get a second crack at it. <laughs> it was, yeah, I mean, uh, playing, uh, I guess these some of these are, are my feelings from uh, the second game because that's where I came into the series. But n- knowing the, hi- the sort of history of the genre, um it wouldn't have been like, as you say, you played the cruising games. It certainly wasn't the first time that we'd had games with more traffic on the roads. Obviously, even going back to Outrun, that had, uh, you know, just civilian traffic. Chase HQ, obviously, there's there was a mode that kind of builds on that in the second game. Um, Road Rash certainly had driving into oncoming traffic, and, and there were without it acknowledge the game sort of literally acknowledging it but there were there was a skill to dodging traffic that actually aided you to you know get ahead in the races in the, and on the mega drive in road rash and things like that now i remember um the reviews for the 3do the original the need for speed on the 3do which was a, an extension of the long long already long-running test drive series um 
were this game was like you know this is the game one of the one of the few games to buy a 3do for which I, I couldn't do it was 400 quid and whatever but i remember buying the ps1 version of the need for speed which was a, a by all accounts a you know a pretty mediocre port but i remember liking one aspect of it and that was the physics on the crashes because up until this point you know we'd been playing games where they on home machines there wasn't that much there didn't tend to be that much traffic and then certainly when you crashed it just tend, you know even going back to the mid 80s in pole position you just blew up and it was cool and you know a tire flew off at the arcades and stuff like that but the idea of actually flipping a car and watching it spin and particles coming off of it that was that was exciting and the fact that the game asked you to balance the risk reward of driving as close as possible without touching and particularly in oncoming traffic it's a kind of i think it's uh with again within the genre within the conventions of confines of game design it's a genius touch yeah i remember actually being impressed with the um when i flipped a car in burnout 2 at least that i was impressed that they modeled the underside of the car because it's Mm. kind of like the first time like you say you saw a car flipping through the air because mm. in games like Super Hang On, Road Rash, they kind of had like pre-set animations for the yep. guy falling off the bike and you know, yeah. the, the in-out run, the car flips in a very familiar Which fashion. was amazing oh, at the yeah, time, yeah, but definitely. it's canned, yeah. Yeah, but once you've got no control over it and you see it spinning out of control naturally, it, you know, it pulls you in more mm. and you're like, oh... Well, like, it's, and it's, it's your crash, isn't it? it exactly, yeah. That only ever happened to you in that particular situation. It mm. wasn't just the that's the crash animation, as you say, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and obviously there's, you know, the, the, something that's gone through the series really, although... You know, we got to see the drivers in uh, on their bikes in in paradise. Um, there's it's it's consequenceless. There's no element really of humanity in these games whatsoever. There's no skate style injury list when you get out no. of the car. No, no for repairing the car. Yeah, there's absolutely. no um, flat out style pinging your man out the windscreen or <laughs> or anything like that. It's just purely cars and it's dollars and it's yeah. it's just it feels like a you know you. The the good thing is, I definitely still find myself wincing on certain crashes, especially on the second game. Um, but you just know that it's pure it's pure shenanigans. I, I heard some um, it was Mark Kermode reviewing the recent Need for Speed movie, um, where he he's saying that you know people are uh, people are getting run off the road and stuff, and, and that's why he couldn't enjoy it because it was like it was hard to believe. And he was saying that well, you know, in video games, it's fine; you can just run people over for fun, and it doesn't matter. But actually, how many games actually let you do that? I think Die Hard trilogy is one of the very few, along alongside obviously Carmageddon. But there's not even any people to kind of miraculously jump out of the way in Burnout. There's just no people here, no, and yeah, I have empty, to. S- isn't it? Yeah, and yeah, I have to say, because even going back to the first game, uh, and it, it doesn't look amazing now, but it's still quite a pleasant world, I think. It mm. looks okay, and yeah. you can see the basis for all the world that all of Burnout's been based in ever since this. Yeah. I think the interesting thing you're talking about there is that it, with having pedestrians or cars and the idea being to intentionally crash into them, it could be so easy to to make that about some kind of sadism or something like that mm. in that kind of psychological way. Like calm again, yeah. But but it very distinctly is not, as you say. It, it's it's consequence free, but it's also the crash has become a reward. In so many other games, you crash, it's like right, we're now going to lift the car back and put it in the middle of the road, and you're going to get a penalty. It, in in burnout. Two will come to later. It's ridiculous with how little penalty there is for mm. having just, you know, totaled your car and five others around you. Um, 
the rubber banding in, in in is extraordinary. I mean, yeah, in the yeah. in these games. Well, well yeah, I mean, it, it's it's ridiculous to the point of you watch cars drive past you and then still get put back on the road in front of them. Yeah. Um, but it becomes a reward. It's it, you know, I. I I struggle with some driving games where I, I can see the car in front of me that I'm about to hit and I know I should move but I just don't. I just see it happening yeah, yeah. before it happens and I just yeah. plough into it and I can't stop it because I'm an idiot. Um, but that that actually becomes a reward and even from the very first burnout it was clear that it's just it's mayhem but in the best possible way consequence free and also we are going to reward you by giving you this cool crash and then yeah carry on as you were and and that's that's mm. kind of the notion of an arcade racer that i think of now that fantastical element that really loose driving etc but i was also struck playing um burnout and burnout 2 how much arcade racer actually meant the mechan- the the player game interaction mechanisms of the arcade you know having a countdown to a yeah, checkpoint yeah. and if you don't make it that's it, it ends that's an arcade absolutely <laughs> yes yeah, to free you of your money there was exactly. there was no need for that whatsoever no. in this game it's no, just like not. this is what you do so here it is and they even keep it in the second game but yeah, you yeah. barely notice it in the second yeah, game yeah. i think sorry go on. So, um, i was a bit confused by the the, the scoring um, mechanic or you know system in Burnout yeah. One, you, it is a reward in the fact that you get money and therefore you, it gets put on a leaderboard at the end. But ultimately, yeah. like you're confused as the player whether it's like do you want to crash more? Crashing is good or bad? Yeah, is, yeah. is it good because you're, you're getting you're getting you know leaderboard for that? But also you're going to lose your boost, which is nearly impossible to get back in my experience. <laughs> like the near yeah. misses on Burnout One, uh, just so ridiculously tight. And yeah. you know I can see why like they do that because it's the first time and they're making the mm. game. And in Burnout Two, they they make that so much easier to get a near miss but the amount of boost you lose when you hit the car and you crash mm. into it and you see like the Jackie Chan 3 replays afterwards um, it, it's just it, it takes too long to get back to the action for me it's like I want to yeah. go back there now don't, don't replay the crash because you know I know it happened don't give me money because that means I'm doing something good maybe but yeah I actually saw the leaderboard as a the other games as well of course I saw the, the the high score in in Burnout One as a kind of reverse high score table. So the higher up I was, the worse I felt I'd done. Basically. Oh no! Worst drivers a badge of honor. Come on! Yeah, worst drivers a badge of honor. First time but I wanted to go forward and thought, yeah, okay, that's that's where that's what this game's about. You know, you get you get money from having crashed, and you're like, well, what does that? Re-? Well, no, it means nothing. It, it is absolutely consequence free because none of it means anything, including the leaderboard at the end. It's fun, is all it is to me at least. That, that's yeah, I just I just didn't I didn't want to be on that leaderboard. I yeah. wanted to I wanted to get through the race without with crashing as little as possible, and uh, you know, <laughs> caution to the wind though, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and but I mean, the, one of the problems is you know, in, almost inevitably, you do crash at some point. Um, even though I found the game surprisingly easy, um, yeah. much easier than I was expecting actually, because I'd heard all about how it was the hardcore burnout and whatever. Um, but the because the rubber banding and and by the way, there are now of course two rubber banding <laughs> terms in video gaming. This is not the this is not the online lag one. This is the sort of catch-up logic for for ai competitors as seen in mario kart and and any number of other things um it felt kind of arbitrary whether you won or not basically if you put together a decent enough run at the end of your race you probably win it's it's Um, about the last quarter mile yeah to to coin a phrase yeah and that's and that's kind of um you know requires you to actually know where you are in the race which isn't really communicated to the player terribly well either audio wise or visually other than keep checking the corner of the screen 
Yeah, I mean, in in Mario Kart, you would have the the map in the corner that you could refer to and see exactly where you were and everyone else was, etc. But um, but yeah, it's not as you say. You rarely know when you've ticked over into a new lap, and in um, in Burnout Two, it becomes kind of comical because you, you just you're just looking for where it says finish above your head and yep. <laughs> until then you've no idea where you're at so mm. um but I, I think Darren's point was quite interesting given that I mean the name burnout refers to the fact that you've got this boost meter and that that's what it's all about yeah but a actually, burnout is we should clear yeah, yeah, is yeah. holding your boost meter down all the way till the end and not 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 chickening out and letting the turbo go before it's just because you hit a corner or something yeah yeah, 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 yeah. um not it's very difficult to get boost which means that it feels precious but equally well and using the boost does feel good I'll 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 give the game that but not having boost you quite easily you can win races without yeah. ever getting your boost meter full I mean that's the other thing we should say is you have to fill your meter entirely before you can use it um yes. and and you press and hold the the boost button to use it if you let go of that at any point the meter will tick for a few more seconds and then stop and you have to rebuild that up to the yeah. top so the so, more you boost the more the enemy boosts or 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 doesn't really it just keeps up yeah so I mean, you can just ignore yeah. boost if you think it's taking too long to to um to build yeah. up just play, play without it which kind of defeats the purpose of of the whole ethos of the game the whole yeah. name and and idea behind the boost meter so i remember when i got burnout the the thing that mainly disappointed me um because i forgot to mention it earlier was it was so you know the terms were very loosely put in the previews that you never really knew how structured the game was to the tracks and how open it would be and I remember at one time they were sort of pushing it like it was going to be similar to Midtown Madness where you sort of had that element of freedom or Mm. um, for the game that I absolutely adored in the arcades which was GTI Club yeah, um, which I thought was absolutely fantastic. I remember, thinking, which you can still get on PSN, by the way. Yes, and I remember thinking, mm. you know, if I if I have that kind of experience, I love it because there was something cool about pulling handbrake turns. But because the the other side of it was that the game that seemed to be pushed with the crashing and the speed and the uh, you know the racing head on was exactly how I played Need for Speed Hop Shoot back on the PlayStation One with a friend in split oh, right. screen, you know, mm-hmm. um, sort of one. That's uh, yeah, that sort of comes full circle, doesn't it? Yeah. When Hop Lamborghini full run down the road and you know see if you can avoid them or get a narrow a near miss and and it was brilliant. But I think the most interesting thing was uh, the relevance to the to GTI Club and obviously. We know since that the uh, the burnout was in fact massively uh, influenced by not GTI Club but Konami's other game Thrill Drive, which seemed very similar. And in fact, I don't know if you've ever seen Thrill Drive because I, I mean I never had it Vaguely in my arcades. It. Uh, it was never mm. around here. Um, but no, I have no, seen I don't think we have one. Obviously, MAME emulation has, has made it a, a lot easier to see and play. Um, and there are some huge similarities like when you go to turn in burnout and it sort of your indicator starts flashing as if to say you know you're going to turn off this way yeah, like, well, yeah, I can yeah. tell we're going to turn off this way because there's the big massive chevrons telling me to turn but, um, and, and all those things sort of are in Thrill Drive and mm. I think maybe that's where the similarities between GTI Club and Thrill Drive were and, and where they sort of became a little confusing and it was far more structured than something like GTI Club, where you you know you'd simply pull your handbrake around every corner, um, and you know that 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 side. I remember thinking, well, if only Burnout allowed the freedom of the city to drive around, how good would that be? But for now, um, 
it, it was a case of driving and I would play it much more like Need for Speed Hop Shoot than I would something like Midtown Madness and uh, as happy as that made me I was a little bit sad because it felt very restrained at the same time and obviously this has come from a huge fan of, of games like Outrun where you know the similarities are very clear um, you know, even to almost the sake of blue skies environments that you're driving around, and and the music is again very similar to something that you would have seen from a Sega game in the arcade, and is absolutely nothing like the music from the likes of Three, Four, and Paradise and onwards. So, mm. um, going going back now, it's in fact almost an irritant if you if you go back to Burnout now because it, it's yeah. the same loop track, and as we've mentioned, two and a half minutes a lap, seven and a half minutes a race of the same yeah. looped track is a little bit... Yeah, I was finding know, that um, very much. So uh, credit to the composer, Stephen Root, who's worked on almost all the Burnouts to some degree because I think his some of his tunes have come back even in the games where they've used EA tracks and, and whatever else. Yeah, in Burnout Paradise, they actually used a lot of the original Burnout yeah. tracks. Yeah. Yeah, there's a classic. We should clarify track. this um, isn't the awesome Stephen Root who acts in Office Space. This is the composer. Sadly, that's right. Different fella. Um, <laughs> also, same name though. Yep, yes. totally. Um, Extreme G Two, uh, another acclaimed title. Uh, of course, that's the the name we haven't mentioned. Acclaim. Um, they'll come up again when we're talking about promotion of the game later on. Mm-hmm. Um, he also did the music for Vanishing Point and, and Criterion's Black. Um, and yes, they sort of did some interesting... Uh, there's an interesting effect on the music in the second game. And uh, I'm not a fan of the music of either game in, in terms of um, musicality. It's not my sort of thing. It's sort of, you know, I, d- I don't know what you'd really call it. It's kind of rocky with a bit of it's dance Leon, influence. It's how I would describe it. It's got well, absolutely no yeah, character to the music. It's but, just there. But I find it... And maybe it's just because I played such a lot of Burnout 2, but I actually... it. I remember it... I remember it more than I remember music from a lot of games where the music I where I didn't like the music, and I think maybe that's more to do with it. Come, you know, it kicks in with that riff at the start of the second game, and there is that effect when you go into burnout mode on the second game, which I still think is quite cool. Yes. Um, uh, which which the first game doesn't really have, does it? And certainly not to the same noticeable degree. Uh, the first game sort of has like a heartbeat sort of flatline mm. machine noise, doesn't it? Which it comes back yeah. in, the, in the sequel with the hot pursuit kind of mode where you're the police car chasing the guy and you can hear the heartbeat noise being yeah. reused from the first game, which I thought I didn't mm. really realise until I played both this week. I was like, oh yeah, they have reused that horrible beep 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 like, I don't really like that and that's obviously I don't like it because it reminds me of you know the, the situation that people are normally in when you hear that noise so it's like it, mm. it puts me a bit on edge I, but I can yeah. see why they'd use that noise to enhance the um, the boost which reminds me a lot of a golden mushroom from Mario Kart 64 because it doesn't matter how much you use it the guy behind you is still that much <laughs> behind you, do you know oh, I, mean? yeah. I should clarify that the sound mixing in the burnout even from the very first game onwards is actually pretty damn good certainly far above the average it's just I find the music in Burnout 1 especially almost offensively inoffensive yeah I know what you're saying Yeah, it's kind uh, of like music you'd use on a YouTube video to see cars driving around tracks and stuff it's very kind of yeah. just like kind of like generic lift, like exciting lift music is what I'd describe it yeah. as it's music <laughs> It, it, it is exactly as Carl says the idea is to be as inoffensive to everyone as possible everyone's supposed to kind of like it and generally when someone aims for that it, it it tends to offend well it offends me even more because it's trying to be inoffensive <laughs> that's the way I'm programmed apparently um, but I, I went into this obviously knowing that 
a big part of what I like about the Burnout series uh, is the music they put in. I don't necessarily like all the songs, but I, I, I understand why they choose the songs they choose for this kind of EA track stuff later on. Yeah. Um, uh, obviously, in Burnout Paradise, we'll, we'll talk about a particular track, but um, in this case, I, I was there for looking out for it a little bit. Um, so, like when the Dolby Digital uh, symbol came up at the beginning, mm. uh, that that twigged to me. Oh yeah, Xbox. That was quite a big thing to have Dolby Digital on a games console, yeah. etc. That was a, a big sure. thing, and, and it, um, uh, the fact that I'm not sure about one, but two had the custom soundtracks thing with with Xbox and and, and yeah. that kind of stuff going on. Um, so it, it seems clear to me that uh, Criterion uh, and definitely in the Burnout games, uh, even if they hadn't before, they were prioritising music, which makes it really odd because, and I know I do this with a lot of games, I honestly could not, if someone offered me money, I could not tell you what any of the songs in this game sound like. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of a shame because the One way of they the... use music, I think, is, is interesting generally. Yeah. So. Um, it should be uh, borne in mind now obviously there are ways of playing this game now you could still have a GameCube as I have you could still have a PS2 as I have or you could do what probably a lot of people would consider doing if they were going back which is to play this game on an Xbox 360 via backwards compatibility but mm-hmm. with both games there are significant issues yeah. uh, with the emulation more so with the first game uh, in terms of uh, frequency of issues perhaps more so in terms of significance in the second game in a way but actually while I was playing this I was missing various sound effects sometimes it, it was it would vary whether I had engine noise or not it would vary whether the uh, crash noises played um, and uh, at one point I had a completely disappeared main car sprite so uh, you know I, I was pl- playing an external cam there is an internal option but I prefer I've always preferred playing yeah. the burnouts externally so you can see the you can see the clear clearance on either side um and yeah just pl- i played one entire race without at least one t- one entire race without a car still still one i think um you know i'd kind of in in a way it helped visibility but it wasn't exactly conducive to the atmosphere um so in some ways i would recommend playing yeah, the original if you haven't got an original xbox or uh you know playing the ps2 or cube versions but um yeah. It's quite interesting you say you play Burnout in third person because this is where I learned how to play racing games in first person. Okay. I've always played like Wipeouts, obviously. Um, well, for me, it's a third person game. Mario Kart is by its nature a third person game. But with Burnout, I had to be as close to the floor as possible yeah, to sure. get my um, my perspective. You know, I'm not saying one's right and one's wrong, but I just think... Yeah, I mean, there's only two cameras in, yeah. in this you know traditional arcade style Which game. Is, there's I'm, even, I'm even fewer than Daytona. I'm always grateful for because if there's more than one, I'm always constantly flicking between like five different cameras. And never Which one do I like? Yeah. 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 But I think for, for all the Burnout games, all the way through, it's always been the first for me. Carl, I, I know, Carl, you're a big, um, especially for more more simmy games, you're a big uh, you know, cockpit cam fan for driving games. Yeah. But when there's only bumper or back, do you just go bumper by default? or? Um, it has its moments. I mean, predominantly in the Burnout games, I actually use outside the car, and it's pretty much the only series where that's the case. Um, yeah. But yeah. I, equally, there are moments mainly in the the fourth game where I've used the uh, inside cam because you get a better sort of angle of getting into the tight shortcuts of the tracks that obviously weren't in the, in the first game um, mm. but yeah I'm nearly always inside but Burnout is probably the opposite pretty much the the exclusive opposite so sorry Darren um, I know no, that's right. wrong I mean... but yeah you're wrong <laughs> <laughs> it definitely um, 
you know, it's so important for the for each player to get used to their camera perspective because I, th- I still think even now the game feels to me at least very tight and like responsive oh, yeah. to my mm. to my actions and I, that that was quite surprising to me because the game's like what twelve years old now and the fact mm. that I actually had good fun playing the game regardless of its um you know its mechanics and settings the actual driving the car through cars even though you do crash a bit too often for my liking if you just like brush past the car yeah there's some serious there is there is some clipping issues isn't there where yeah. you, you know you're going past a car and bang suddenly it'll register that yeah. you, you hit them which is a little yeah. bit annoying having said that I was quite surprised I, I was expecting it to be as harsh as the original wipeout on clipping Ooh, things and it wasn't that bad it was more like 2097 than it was uh, wipeout one but it but yeah compared to the the one that I the ones that are more used to the more recent ones and obviously pretty much you know we had a little uh, flurry of arcade races uh, in like what was it 2010 when we had split second and, and blur I mean there's still a lot of things I really liked about those games um, and but obviously you know they've taken huge inf- I mean Split Second in particular taken huge influence from Burnout um, and decided to do these things with the environment um, could one day get a cane of rinse of its own um, yeah uh, so I doubt James and I did I know that I didn't obviously um, now Carl you said you were playing it mainly hot seat back in the day but did you play any of the split screen multiplayer um, it, it's I know I will have but it's yeah. such a, a long time ago, and it's 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 weird because obviously I mentioned I need to feed Hot Pursuit back on the PlayStation One, and I have such fond memories of doing that split screen. Uh, with Burnout, it was a case that you know, there were other things that I would play split screen. I, you know, I did it a few times, but we weren't shy on on games at, at that period of time um, to to play me me and this particular friend. So unfortunately, I I don't have enough memories of it. One on one races can be really dull, actually. Yeah. Even, I mean, either you've got rubber, you know, rubber banding catch up, which makes it feel arbitrary who wins, or you haven't, and the better the better driver wins. And then and that's that. I th- I've I've never really had a massive amount of fun with local multiplayer racing games. I think you need, um, you need a bunch of you. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't play any of it. Um, I, I can't imagine myself wanting to. Uh, not that long ago, um, had a really fun time playing mashed multiplayer, and that's mm. much more the sort of thing that I think works as a multiplayer game because it's so manic and over the top and shenanigans exactly, as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Party atmosphere. I think certain games offer a certain party atmosphere. Yeah. Or weapons, missiles, things like well, that. Exactly. Whereas in Burnout, you're both just trying to avoid cars. You it, know. Yeah, in single player Burnout, feels kind of manic and crazy and nuts because you I almost went into it expecting something that was trying to be Gran Turismo and obviously it's not but it looks kind of realistic enough behaves kind of realistic enough to then make the crazy stuff seem crazy but when you're playing multiplayer I think it does to me it would feel too tame it feels mm, very dry, to, is how yeah, I yeah. describe it. Compared to the, how fun it is in single player, it was. I think it was a case that we'd rather hot seat it than than. Yeah. Play I think that goes for most multiplayer games. Like if you play Mario Kart sixty four with two of you in battle mode, that's pretty boring. Yeah. Or even just the racing. Same as Goldeneye, the two player, because you can just see each other's screens. You're like, oh, you're in the toilets of facility, dead. And yet, yeah. though, um, Mario Super Mario Kart, the first one, and Diddy Kong Racing's co-op modes, there was there was fun to be had because you kind of ganging up on the AI. Mm 
competitors um whereas you know it says on the back of the burnout one box force your friends into oncoming traffic now yes that is fun if you you know you go up a tunnel and you just nudge them sideways into an oncoming car but the chances of that happening more than once every three races or something yeah I think the I yeah. think online multiplayer is sort of the best thing that happened to the Burnout franchise and sadly that didn't happen for quite a while after the first one. Um Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, and also I'm sure there would have you would have been the usual case, which was you know still happens sometimes on on modern games where if you play the split screen, you're looking at downgraded frame rate and or yeah. visuals as well, so you're kind of getting a lesser experience overall, which is yeah, it's a shame. But fortunately, you know we we uh, Carl, you and I, and I think maybe Darren, and certainly a few other people had insane amounts of fun playing Hot Pursuit. Um, Criterion's Hot Pursuit a few years after this, uh, many years after this a few years ago um, all it took was uh, 6 to 8 players or whatever it is and uh, the ability to set up roadblocks and bring in helicopters and things like that but, which would have been completely impossible but even then point. for me I think one of the big things that I feel, I felt the absence of, um, you know, I mean there's, there's obvious things like crash mode and stuff like that that we associate with burnout games but takedowns Legends has takedowns. There are modes in Legends they are playing specifically to get a certain number of takedowns in as mm-hmm. short a period of time as possible. Um, in, in this, you can nudge an opponent into traffic and try and t- take them down that way, but they don't yeah. feel like takedowns. Um, unless you're going to crash for the fun of that and the spectacle of it, contacting another car... Like if you try and shunt one of the other drivers, inevitably it affects your speed incredibly, and them not very much at all. So it doesn't have that. You know, like if you're playing a split screen multiplayer couch co-op, as it's called, you want to kind of be bumping elbows with the person next to you and having that kind of banter, and that needs to be reflected on the screen. And certainly in the single player, it's you're racing your opponents. You're not trying to, you know, like in in paradise there's that angle you hit any car at a certain angle and legends mm. as well actually and it's gone it's just you know it, immediately it's just slammed into the wall and it's you know you get the wall takedown or you know all the various different types of takedowns you can get and in this it's uh, it actually behooves you to not contact a car unless you're going to crash and just cause pandemonium and and conversely or possibly in some ways similarly and I'm going to squeeze this in here because I'm not on the the, the 3 and um, Revenge show is that uh, as much as I in really really thoroughly approved of and enjoyed the introduction of takedowns uh, traffic checking completely killed the series for me mm-hmm. um, that was where that sort of whole idea went too far but um this was, uh, yeah, I quite like the purity of the fact that there is no, I like as much as takedowns are still a thrill. I was playing a bit of Paradise recently, and and uh, you know, straight back into some of those um, what they call where you is it a dominator race? I can't remember where you yeah, where it's yeah. all about crashing, taking out as many yeah. as possible, and it's still such a laugh just chaining those together. Yeah. Um, but I still, there's still something about. Although I certainly wouldn't be in that camp of, uh, you know, the kind of the purest burnout fan who would only play the first game in a series. There is something quite cool about the fact that it does take you so long to get your burnout bar. And, you know, it's a real, you know, when you get to when you get to fire it off, it's something that you've really earned. It's not just like the kind of as the series goes on, it gets more and more like pretty much I'm 
you've touched the controller, have some boost bar. You've, you've driven into the back of a car, have some points, have a medal, have 18 screens of rewards. It's like, it's so far away from that. Um, you know, the, even, you know, like we've already sort of mentioned, the structure of the whole package is just so bare bones. Like, do you want to do a single race or do you want to do a championship race? Well, there's about eight of those. And at some point you'll randomly get to do a one, a head to head race. And then you can unlock like a truck and a bus if you really want, but you can't use it where you can use them, but there's no point in using those in any other mode. So they are completely irrelevant. Basically. I mean, it's a bit bizarre, isn't it? Because I think burnout screams of having an identity crisis. Um, It sort of knew all the things it wanted to do. It just didn't know how to do them. Right. You know, it, it wanted crashing, but the, didn't get that one right until the second game. Thought it takedowns, but probably didn't get that right until the third game. Um, and then you got your leaderboards, and well, they sort of came into their own when they were able to access Xbox Live. And it's like yeah. they're all there in elements in the very first mm. game, but none of it comes together at all as a package. But you can sort of like that. I think that's where my original thoughts of, you know, if they get a sequel, there's something they can work with here. But it's mm. you know, it, it's weird going back and seeing how they wanted to do it all. And how in later games they've absolutely nailed it. So you can sort of see that the transition was there. And I, I think there's, there's certainly uh, throughout all of the burnout games, you've never felt like they've just tacked a number on. They've, they've clearly made real changes to the to the series um, per iteration, uh, which is obviously yeah, a great yeah. thing. But the, the first one going back, I mean, I, I remember having issues with it at the time, which is you know I've only gone back to it recently, and my memories were all you know twelve. To thirteen years ago, so for mm. for my uh, memories to sort of still feel the way they are now, um, I think goes somewhere to showing that that was the case even back then. Uh, before we move on to the, that second game, let's hear from a couple of people who specifically wanted to talk about the first game uh, and also the second. But first, the first if you follow. Scrussell says, the first two Burnout games are incredibly important games for me, especially the first. That was the first racing game I ever got into, a genre which quickly became and still remains as one of, if not my overall favourite genre. The game was a revelation at the time. The handling felt so tight and responsive. The sense of speed was unlike anything I'd seen before. It nailed the feeling of driving so well, which is always the most important part of a racing game. The crashes added an exhilarating tension to races too, but they were also a great feature in their own right. Very spectacular, but also realistic at the same time. Despite the game being a pretty basic arcade-style game, it blew my mind back then, and I instantly fell in love with the series. But I've been playing both these games again recently, and this first game has aged quite a lot. While the handling is still pretty good, it doesn't feel anywhere near as good as it used to. It can feel a little stiff, and a lot of the cars aren't enjoyable to drive at all. There's hardly any content to the game either. It does almost seem as if the game was designed for an arcade cabinet rather than a console. There aren't really many cars or tracks to unlock, and the game is extremely short. It can be beaten in just a few sittings, or only one if you binge on it. The game also features a relatively strict countdown timer in races, and credits that to use each time you run out of time or lose a race, which both seem kind of redundant now. The game also lacks a bit of polish too. The UI is very basic and not particularly aesthetically pleasing, and the graphics look a little dull and grainy now. Yet, despite these problems, the game is still pretty fun. But looking back on it, it feels very obviously like the first effort from a then-small studio who hadn't really decided what direction they wanted to go in yet. It's still a pretty enjoyable game, but one where every aspect of it has been improved upon many times over the years by its successors. 
I think he has a point. You know, when he mentions that, you know, how strict the times are, it, mm. and the fact that obviously it was a claim, it almost reeks that this originally was intended purely for arcade use, and they've sort of mashed more tracks in there and sort of thrown it at the consoles in a bit because that that was sort of around the time that the arcade domination started to turn almost horribly mm. against it. Yeah. And I think I'm not sure if that's fact, but it's certainly the the a feeling that yeah, you the sort impression of get. you get. Yeah. Yeah, but also I think I think you know we, if you go back to certain genres of game, they took longer to get out of that arcade mindset than yeah. others, and I, I always feel like racing games were one of those that they they did maintain credits and checkpoints perhaps longer. But you know we're still playing Mario games with lives in even then you know you pretty much rack up ninety nine lives playing a new Super Mario Brothers game in in the first you know in a little while and. Um, but yeah, talk about I, that I, next week, right? Leo? We will talk about that next week, indeed. Um, but yes, uh, certainly, uh, like I didn't come a cropper to running out of credits. As I say, I was surprised how non, uh, I, uh, you know, I was expecting to maybe even have to come on here and say, "Oh, didn't you? I didn't manage to get burnout finished because it's really hard and it's really unforgiving." But actually, it wasn't that difficult at all. I did kind of get into the zone that that w- people are going to mention, and and certainly um, happened again with the second game. Going back to it, which I remember being quite tough. I didn't find difficult at all, even though I've aged another twelve years. You know, I'm, well, you know, I'm old for for arcade racers, and yet, I, yeah, just found it strangely. I, th- I think as much as anything because we're kind of used to even more visual kind of stuff going on and bombarding us with modern generation graphics things you know in things like split second just there's so much happening on the screen that going back to burnout it kind of feels like oh okay nice little poodle down at 250 miles an hour between on rushing cars but actually they you know they still telegraph when they're coming towards you having said that there are still some i did get some genuine amusement out of the moments when now you know the way the traffic works is a bit of a fudge in that there there are certain there are always certain cars on certain corners it's not like some sort of randomly generated or or procedurally generated stream of traffic there's there's a kind of there's a kind of pattern to it yeah it changes lap to lap but every yeah. time you start a race you know where the first car you're going to come across is etc mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah the lorry on a blind 90 degree turn so you have to either <laughs> yeah, slow exactly. down or I mean, I mean, around it y- totally some of those still feel very there are some crashes that you basically you couldn't know about unless you played that race before which 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 sucked but well the moments i enjoyed the most in burnout there i think they actually kind of toned it down for the sequels is where two lanes are coming towards you and one of the cars that's coming towards you actually makes the decision to change lane which which you see less and less as the series goes on because it's kind of unfair but actually, you know, one car's coming towards you and going, beeping its <laughs> horn and flashing its lights, and the truck behind it's going, I don't like the look of this, I'm going to swerve out in front of you. And, and that made me laugh. Mm, but, it, um, it does make me laugh too. And even earlier on today, I, you know, I, I swore in a very vicious manner towards the TV because one little blue car at the very last second went, I'm going to turn uh, right now into <laughs> me. And I was like, yeah. Like, yeah, I, I'd imagine that people heard it, me down I, the I street. I don't know if it's true but it seems to happen more when you're next to one of your competitors I don't know if maybe their presence is causing a car to swerve and you happen to therefore be in its path or whatever but yeah it can be very frustrating um, or very not frustrating necessarily because it, it, as I say you crash shrug mm. so what carry on but um, but yeah it does seem like it seems like first steps towards traffic that can behave 
not even realistically because let's face it by, by yeah. paradise it's, it's not realistic traffic but no, no. it's more interesting perhaps. convincing and yeah, authentic yeah. in some way yeah yeah uh, also on uh, burnout one cj uh, uh, contributes uh, Burnout I recall perhaps incorrectly as a GameCube launch title I think I think he might be right uh, and I'm pretty sure it was in the massive bags I walked away with from Another World the much missed games and comics shop I was a big arcade racing fan as a blighter mesmerised by the sheer spectacle of the likes of Outrun and Chase HQ in those stolen weeks of caravan holidays up in Skegness knowing that such games would never make it intact to Commodore's shoebox of glory I skipped a few console generations thereafter, obsessing over and making music in the meantime, and fell away from gaming. Even dipping my toe into the waters of PS1, racing wasn't a priority. Just one of those things I either forgot about or didn't fancy playing in the light of swish adventures, shooting zombies or raiding tombs. Yet those old-school adorations were most definitely in mind for those debut moments of GameCube, a console which went on to become my favourite ever. I ploughed hours into Burnout and became rather good at it. A friend would come over and we'd play co-op together, and more often than not they would end up beaten. Funny memory being that he was a policeman and shared the amount of times he'd got into a chase in the real world and his instinct was to go on the wrong side of the road to build boost. That's how much we played it. <laughs> it it's quite weird that he mentions it being a, a GameCube launch title, and even as someone who um, played it on the PlayStation 2, I always associated Burnout with being a GameCube game for one reason, and that is no matter what game shop you went into here, there were fleets of them on the shelves. Mm. It was absolutely, the shelves Over. were swarming with a GameCube version. Yeah. I think you're right, I think it was over-manufactured for the GameCube, I guess um, I guess shops were anticipating a bigger uptake for that little purple that's, box. It's quite ironic, given that what that means is that not many people played it on GameCube, but that it, yeah. a lot of people who spent their time in game shops associated with that console. Yeah. I think, I think ultimately it's the wrong market for the console. You know, like it's quite a like on the front cover, it's quite serious. You know, there's no Mario, there's no Zelda and stuff, so people weren't really picking that up on the GameCube. But once they played it, they realised it was actually you know a fun arcade game. Um, but I, n- I never really liked the GameCube pad for driving for some reason. I don't know why. The, I think those mm. big, chunky, satisfying shoulder buttons, I, I don't think I associated them with driving games as much as I did um, the triggers. Yeah, yeah. Well, we could do a, probably do a whole series on um, obscure N64 serious racers like Top Gear Rally and uh, actually Beetle Adventure Racing was an interesting game. Anyway, moving on. Burnout 2 Point of Impact uh, arrived on PS2 first again, um, their lead platform. Presumably that was where RenderWare was most at home as well, um, although I know that did work on the other formats as well. Uh, September, October 2... Oh, it was 2002. Um, and uh, April, May 2003 on GameCube and Xbox. Now, the Xbox got uh, the conversion that is known. This is the one I've owned ever since, pretty much, uh, was the developer's cut, although they appear to have removed that from this version of the box, but I'm sure it appeared on some versions of the box. Uh, it just says 15 extra. Yeah, it's got lots of splash different uh, information yeah, telling you why yeah. it's awesome. Access online scoreboards via Xbox Live and so on. Um, and also it was just generally a slightly um, you know, graphically superior. I think it had probably a, um, in it, on its original guys it had a, a more consistent frame rate than the other versions and um, yeah, just slightly sharper I think it used the Xbox's hard like drive, didn't it? Yeah, I think you're probably right. Yeah, yeah, they actually did some stuff with it. Uh, now, I remember uh, picking this up quite fondly. But what about you, Carl? Was this day one? <laughs> and it's the second time I didn't pick a game on day one, and this is because okay. another friend of mine, um, his dad, 
contacted him weeks earlier. He said, I've won a competition in the paper. I've got this game. It's called Burnout 2, Point Of. Mm-hmm. And then it was he got the name completely wrong because he was doing that dad thing who doesn't know anything about gaming. Yeah. Um, and my friend... Point of interjection. Yeah, something like that. Um, and my friend was like, yeah, I'll have that. You know, I'll take it. Thank you very much. And, he, you know, he got it near enough the date came out because there's that transition period um, and, and we actually played it on the Xbox because I didn't pick it up on the PS2 um, as much as I wanted to from the first game I was still a bit reluctant, I, I wasn't sure it was the whole package and my other friend uh, who got the original Burnout uh, opted not to pick up Burnout 2 uh, for financial reasons, uh, he was busy playing other games, you know I think Time Splitters 2 was a similar time period and, and he, you know we were yep. playing that um, a lot in co-op like genuine in co-op so he just didn't bother with mm-hmm. Burnout 2 so I actually played that with another friend on the Xbox because he uh, essentially got a free copy of it Cool uh, James you've just played this recently for the first time uh, Yeah I picked this up alongside um, alongside the original a couple of months back and, and yeah played it over the past couple of weeks Okay. Um, yeah, but that's the long and short of it. Except obviously, I was playing on 360, and there's, um, I guess, more noticeable yep. uh, issues this time around. Although they don't really affect yeah. the racing too much. Yeah. Uh, Darren, you got this at the first time of asking, right? Uh, kind of. Um, it was kind <laughs> of like it was bigged up. It was hyped by my boss at the time, Kelvin. He was like, "Burnout 2's coming." He was so excited. And I was, you know, I was feeling the effect of that. He was like, "This is going to be it." And we put it on the PlayStation Two version, and just the look on his face was a picture. I was just <laughs> like, "Well, I've got, I've got to play this." Like, he's he's quite pessimistic when it comes to games. He always will be and mm. always has been. But when he put Burnout Two in, you could just see the joy beaming off his face. Mm. So you know, I, I gave it a go. I think I was on the shop. I was in the shop of my own one day, and I just, I uh, yeah, I gave it a you know a good a good solid play, and I was like, "Well, I've just got to take one of these home," and. I think I completed the PS2 version, and um, I remember. Is it was it X to accelerate and Square to break? I can't remember. I, I remember yeah. learning how to drift oh, on really? the PlayStation oh, pad, okay. and then when I bought the Xbox One, well, the original Xbox version, because it had uh, more crash junctions, I found it really hard to adjust to the triggers to drift because I, my thumb had been so used to covering, you know, Square and X to uh, to drift like that. it was so weird to feather with my fingers rather than um you know drift with my thumb and i really and because i haven't really played many car racing games before if you know if any seriously it was quite um it was quite a shock a bit of a culture shock to be honest i was like well what, what, what do you mean i got to feather the triggers and stuff it was it was a, a noticeable learning curve for me but yeah ultimately played this played this game to death on right. ps2 That's, and even more so on xbox it's so strange to hear cuz to me it, it, I'm as at home using, you know, uh, trigger to brake as dual analog sticks, or you know, trigger to to raise your uh, crosshairs or whatever. It's you know, iron sights. It just feels absolutely natural. But then I guess that's having come from later in the series back to back to this. I guess, but yeah, interesting. Yeah, it was jarring, definitely. Mm. Yeah, oh, but what what a way to make a sequel, like. They even like even now playing the two next to each other in you know in one single sitting. The the amount of improvements they made from the first to the second game is just staggering. Like I, I can I can feel it in the controls. I can see it from the UI and how the game's built like me- mechanically with the boost system and the the you know the oncoming traffic with the cars. The traffic headlights now flash at you more often than not, which is just a big get for me because when I first realised that the traffic lights were actually you know blinking at me to get out of the way that was like oh right oh yeah I can start using that as a you know as, as a, an advantage for me I thought it was just like an aesthetic thing but when I learned it was a gameplay 
conceit or you know like, like a trope I guess like it was like okay I need to use that for my advantage rather than it just being what cars do and uh, yeah Burnout 2 it taught me a lot about racing games and like yeah uh, I, like just the shorter laps made it so you were you were committed to the game for longer and you know you, you, got, you got rewarded more but not Overly, you know, like you crashed your car, you lost, you know, you lost a bit of boost, but you know, you, you weren't gutted like I was in the first game. Like in the first game, you lost your boost bar, you're like, oh man. Whereas in this one, I felt like I was being treated fairly. It's far, far more friendly, wasn't it, to the pick up and play aspect of the, but of the game? I felt, I felt like the game was quicker, like um, aesthetically and probably physically as well. I felt like the game was faster, especially when you boosted. I felt like the game was. Um, at the time it was like the fastest thing I'd ever seen <laughs> like it was like I'd, I'd never seen anything like it and I played a Zero X at the time and I, but I thought this game was like the fastest thing in the world like the way the motion blur went whizzing past you and the way that the sound kicked up when you boosted I genuinely couldn't keep up with it at first and, you know, yeah until F-Zero uh, GX yeah and then it made Burnout 2 look, look like a snail to be honest yes. <laughs> yeah the, the reason I have particularly fond memories for the uh, for, for buying this is it, it's really stuck in my head I think it was um, it was because uh, I'd only been going out with uh, my, my then new girlfriend um, still my girlfriend um, for about two or three months at this point and uh, generally I'm sure this will ring true for many people when you're first going out with someone uh, you tend to do lots of you know nice romantic stuff early on and uh, you know when, when you are when you see each other at the weekends or whatever you you, you kind of do datey things and then this this was one where this was like one of the first of many 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 times that uh, on a Sunday afternoon uh, you know I dragged Tanya to a game shop <laughs> said oh, I want to buy this game this brand new you know it's been out two days or whatever this arcade racer and uh, you know because at first you're kind of nervous about you know I've got this uh, amazing I've young got, new girlfriend I've got this terrible wanna... addiction uh, <laughs> yeah I've got this yeah, I mean she knew she, knew, she obviously she knew from the from the minute she first saw my uh, my abode that I was uh, I was a keen well, gamer but it was that... first saw me I thought what, what were you wearing <laughs> yeah massive <laughs> geek um but yeah, just that thing of, of uh, you know, actually doing the, the mundane thing that was, you know, the thing that I did a lot of at the time, which was going into game shops, which is something I, you know, do about once a month, if that now. Um, and yeah, so I, you know, I, I have that fond memory, but also, uh, yeah, actually ending up uh, playing it with, with her kind of, you know, sharing the controller and also crash mode, which we'll come on to later. But um, yeah, so it's one of those games that, you know, just for whatever reason, I've got a, a fond memory of. But yes, similar first impressions. Like, as I say, I'd skipped Burnout, but I'd been playing uh, Eye Bleeding Arcade Racers since, you know, since Pole Position. And um, and yeah, this was in terms of the sense of speed and, and uh kind of flash just just like this really did they really had for me captured some of the look and feel of of a japanese arcade racer with you could you could still tell there were certain things that made it feel like a british made game for sure um and some of the menu handling is crazy the amount of x buttons you have to press through to 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 go on or a buttons whichever um but the actual yeah like the 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 you know the shiny red car the sega blue skies type thing um they really did it was a like it felt like a loving homage with its own spin with this thing which because i hadn't played burnout one at this point it was uh this yeah this brilliant twist of the the risk reward of driving into traffic and that's got to be a great point to come into the franchise is the second one because um everything everything was more polished about the second game the the sound Mm. as darren mentioned the user interface especially it's quite 
hash mm. the uh, burnout one interface it's very yeah. basic and i think the best way that you can compare them for people who've never seen them is that burnout reeks of what we would class as a very early alpha for a game now you know very plain looking very plain text everything in holding you know everything's a holding texture mm-hmm. or, or sprite um, and, and also it communicates better to the player what's going on like near misses get a little yeah. and, and you know it's amazing how sound can make a game look quicker and and mm. it's something that, that Burnout absolutely. 2 absolutely reveled in um, you know the handling was always good in the first game it's something that I don't think is ever mentioned enough about how good the handling was first time out because so many racing games got that so wrong but Burnout 2 was even sharper there was less accidental collisions there was it, it basically the improvements were absolutely huge and then they added further game modes yeah lots of game modes um i mean obviously just the championship was massively fleshed out and i'd kind of forgotten i don't think i ever got through the custom championship the first time but um just obvious modes things that have been around for years in other games like um you know mirror and reverse tracks um the ability to open up that stuff um going through and getting gold medals now there's still some issues with that today the fact that you can't see which ones you don't have golds on going into it and things like that i don't think you can but you need all golds on certain uh tracks to unlock uh certain pursuit modes and things like that but um yeah actually playing through this again i think i've played through it a few times over the years at different points and lost my save and started again i always start with um always good tip is to always start with offensive driving 101 because if you do complete if you get all golds on that you unlock the uh the test car which is actually probably the best car for the first like half a game or something it's got um it's got some you know good stats good handling as well as decent top speed um and yeah i kind of i kind of breezed through it which was really real surprise to me I, i don't say this out of any sort of braggadocio because i really don't consider myself a very good racing game player at all but I just got into that burnout zone where I could see, yeah, see the matrix of the cars <laughs> and, you know, that sort of thing. There's nothing more jarring than crashing and coming out of that Zen mode. Yeah. Like, mm. it's like yeah. being um, alarmed out of your sleep. You Realizing know, like, that you oh, haven't God. blinked. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually real. Yeah, it's such a jarring moment to smash into a bus that's come out from a crossroad and you're like, oh man, I was loving that Zen like feeling. Yeah, the crashes are, are much more spectacular this time. You get more more cars involved, more particles coming off, um, and the emulation on the 360 version, you you actually get the sound, which helps quite a lot <laughs> deliver the impact. Um, yeah, and like I remember, uh, although weirdly, although I found the game fairly easy to complete this time, um, I wasn't getting huge burnout chains. But it, I remember back at the time. Um, getting really into just trying to get that multiplier up as as high as possible just burnout after burnout after burnout i don't know what the highest i ever got was i, I remember reading people online claiming of you know crazy just non-stop chains throughout races i don't know if any of you managed that but i, I seem to recall about a 20 burnout but right, I, well, like, okay. going beyond that was a bit of a bit of a mystery because obviously the, the, the course would end by the by your 20th burnout but yes the the first airport terminal one and two the fact that I can name them shows how much I'm yeah, yeah. So like yeah. the fact that I, I I played this game so much and I, I you know I sound like a bit of a snob but like I played the game so much I feel like, like I sound like an idiot but I remembered every lap every car every traffic like every sort of every permutation of these traffics I remembered because I played this game so much yeah. that I managed to get a twenty burnout chain and nice. yeah I oh, yeah this game <laughs> <laughs> I think. 
So I, I've got, got a question. Obviously, I, I only played this a couple of weeks ago for the first time. Offensive Driving 101, was ju- immediately that started, I, I knew that this game I was going to enjoy a lot more than the first because the first did feel like it was missing some kind of, not basic stuff because the basic game is there, it's great. But having Offensive Driving 101 there, immediately it's it's giving the player feedback. It might it might not be the 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 best way to do a tutorial but it's it's actually pretty nicely done i got golds on everything first time through no problem whatsoever except for the one we've got to get air i still can't do it you've got to get really... 300 feet of uh, of air uh, in it's not a long stretch of track and no, i still yeah. couldn't couldn't get it unfortunately and oh. i tried it a bunch of times got to 294 and it, i was oh. never getting frustrated with it i was just thinking well i'm dodging all the traffic obviously sure going in as straight a line as possible because obviously you want to get mm. the speed up as much as don't possible. go over the middle that'll slow you down yeah yeah but um but yeah just could, couldn't quite get it for whatever reason it was a bit of a shame, but you want that car. Well, that's that's it. the yeah, that's the thing. I, I yeah. went and checked what the unlocks were after I'd, I'd got through uh, most of the game and realised that I'd that's not right. got. You've probably got something better now. I hate that car. Every time I see it, I just want to smash into it because it <laughs> reminds me that every time I play Burnout Two, I have to kind of do the, the training, especially for for pretty much all the Burnouts. You have to go through like this little training school thing and then number three striker and his nonsense so every time I see like a tutorial type thing and burnout I just I get a bit angry <laughs> <laughs> I, I quite well, liked I it ha- I've got to say I thought it was nice I haven't been back to the uh, well, I've never seen the GameCube version I haven't been back to the PS2 version which was the, the first one I got obviously um, but I have to say uh, even playing by emulation with the issues which we'll mention just in a minute uh, I still think it looks really nice. Yeah, yeah. like it, it's such a it's such a polished engine. Like obviously it's standard def. You you know your your brain now kind of wants it to be higher def, yeah. sharper textures and whatever. But the shine on the road still looks quite no, nice. Absolutely. The the scenery looks quite nice. Um, the weather effects, although they break the the game in emulated <laughs> mode, um, they they still look quite effective. Better than the rain in like some modern and football to games. To say this was a year after burnout. On, on the yeah, respective yeah, yeah. formats, a year. It just it it does make it feel like that first one was a. This is our first attempt. We've managed Proof to make a game concept, out of it. Yeah. A year they managed to I put mean, you get so feeling, much extra. You, they into they never game. stopped working. They yeah. never yeah, oh, had no, a break sure after that first mm. game. I mean, they were clearly no. working mm. on this even before the first yeah. game hit the shelves. Uh, it's yeah, it's yeah. one of those few things where you think it's a real night and day difference between almost everything from the first game to the second in yeah. terms of how much polish has been gone. And, you know, like you keep mentioning, it's the, the, for something in 12 months is outrageous. Maybe that's, why, maybe that's why some of the people who were into Burnout 1 kind of resented the release of 2 because it did feel like you know the completed Burnout 1 basically rather than Burnout 2 um, maybe some of them were, were genuine about the fact that they felt it was pushing the kind of the flash and the arcadiness too far but maybe some of them were just like you know it's kind of like do you remember you know remember the Left 4 Dead uh, furore oh, yeah, among some people it's like oh they're making actually, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean that's probably the whole game, a good but comparison in fairness but it's these people that look for people either look for something to 
complain about. Uh, it's mm. easy to complain about something twelve months after without actually looking into it. I mean, e- equally well, we're not undermining anyone's opinion. <laughs> no, well, well I'd, yeah, genuinely, if there are people out there who still, I'd really be interested yeah, to yeah. hear if if they think burnout is the purest and the most exciting. They find it the best experience. Then, I mean, there, there, of course, there are, I'm just saying there are games where I've felt that it is clearly a money cash in or something that's not yeah, right twelve yeah, months after. Oh, for sure, something yeah. like. Um, you know, I've always defended Football Manager for this because people always say, "Well, couldn't they just release a database update and release again?" Yeah, yeah, two same years? every year. No, yeah. because the differences are always there. And yeah. Burnout to Burnout Two is one of the bigger <laughs> differences between releases. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think you know, I, I like. I think all of our correspondents feel that Burnout Two massively improved. I think we all do. Um, but you know, there's yeah, there's always somebody out there who fell in love with with the predecessor or, or one particular iteration of a game, and you know they've got their own reasons for it. But yeah, I, you know, I find it hard having played them now back to back in in 2014 to imagine liking the first one more than the second one. But um, but yeah, there it is. Uh, Scrussell, let's continue Scrussell, what he was saying uh, about how uh, burnout the burnout games are very important to him. Um, he was talking about how that he does feel the first game has aged but he continues Burnout 2 is another story Uh, when that first came out I was wowed by it all over again everything about it was drastically improved and expanded cars felt way better to drive so much that the driving model of this game still stands out as exemplary for the genre there were more cars too and many more events to take part in across a much more wide and varied selection of tracks the game had obviously higher production values to it as well the UI was far better everything visually was sharper and more colourful the game also had a pretty great original soundtrack it featured really catchy although admittedly slightly generic rock music that a real earworms the main theme song for this game has remained firmly stuck in my mind through all these years Although the game was still generally a straightforward arcade racer, this was the first time Crash Mode was put into the games. At this point it was still fairly basic, but it was pretty unique it was a pretty unique feature at the time. And that was the first real exploration into the adoration of mangled metal that the series has become famous for. This game has stood the test of time far better than its predecessor. All the improvements over the first are still just as dramatic, and it's even pretty impressive by modern standards too. It still feels really sharp and satisfying to play today, and retains a sense of vitality to it that still burns brightly. It's definitely a classic that deserves more than to be obscured in the shadow of Burnout 3, as good as that game is as well. I think the real pressing matter here is the fact that the music gave him earworms. He clearly needs (laughs) Pies Drill. I don't know, I think the theme tune is very catchy. <clears throat> yeah, I think I that's, do. I think it that's, stayed in my head as well. I think that's, uh, that's probably as charismatic as the music gets. Uh, but, <laughs> like, it, you know, it, it, has its own, it has its own rhythm and stuff, but the rest of the music is... Pretty, it's, it's more exciting than the first game's music, but not so much so, you know. It's kind of got a few wails of the guitar here and there, but, yeah. Yeah, I don't hate it, I don't love it, but I do like the audio effect yeah. that uh, kicks in when you hit the boost button. Um, I, I don't know exactly how it's what what that effect is called, but it kind of it it brings out the top and the bottom end while the the the, the treble kind of goes all like it's in a tunnel or something, <laughs> and um, and it and it kind of adds to the intensity of the rush. And I, I, I've never really clocked it. Um, I've you know I've not really looked at it too closely, but I feel like there is whenever you're holding boost, there's some sort of motion blur happening as well on the screen, oh, yeah. and the combination yeah, of the, yeah. the combination of these really, uh, even if 
even if you're actually only going a little bit faster I don't really know it makes you feel like you're going like 50% I mean, it was faster. a good way to mask frame rates when frame rates were obviously an issue 10 years ago I mean frame rates are an issue now but 10 years ago um, uh, yeah. it would, yeah. you know that was a real fault especially when you look between systems obviously the Xbox was more capable of caching so it was able to maintain a more steady frame rate and then there was a difference between the GameCube being so much more powerful and then the PlayStation 2 which was so popular yeah for sure um, let's talk a little about uh, Pursuit Mode because that uh, well, obviously we mentioned Chase HQ earlier um, and you also mentioned Carl um, the original Hot Pursuit which I've never played the, the, the original original Need for Speed Hot Pursuit now assuming um, Pursuit Mode in, in Burnout 2 took its nods from that and Chase HQ which is uh, you are a cop car and you have to uh, get a speeding black car uh, to you know bash it out of health or whatever before it reaches uh, its border destination or whatever um, now I think in, this is obviously both the uh, the genesis of um, takedowns and uh, Need for Speed Hot Pursuit the reboot the Criterion reboot um, and I still think it's pretty fun and pretty exciting the only the only thing lacking for me really is the the kind of the feeling of a physical connection between the two cars it doesn't really quite sell it in the same way there's not enough you can you kind of knock against are, them and it are tells, you suggesting it's slightly ironic to have the subtitle of this game be Point of Impact when impacts aside from crash mode yeah. and crashes again yeah. impact I mean it, it is a, it is it does still feel a little weird uh, crashes are great crash mode yeah absolutely fantastic it, it, it does that impact really well I think it's got a good sense of impact but in in the race if you are trying to quote unquote take down another mm. race it, it, it doesn't work if you touch another car you maybe even if you're going for a near miss and you don't crash but you just nudge against mm. it it slows you down loads and and that's a mistake when you're when you're racing you should not be doing it because it's not worth it and so to have the pursuits be you rubbing yourself against another car it doesn't feel like an impact it does feel car like footage. you're yeah. It does feel rather like you're rubbing yourself against the uh, the opponent, but oh. trading paint. Yes, yeah. <laughs> we'll bit, use yeah. the term trading paint, please, James. Um, I prefer rubbing. I'm going to keep saying rubbing until everyone's <laughs> racing, son. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, the strange thing about pursuit mode is when you play the first game. Obviously, the races are four player four player races, which is quite low. You know, given that most games are eight now, and yeah, I meant to mention yeah, that. the fact yeah, that yeah. four person race in the very first burnout actually feels like a two person race because third and fourth mm. place are somewhat behind you and when first yeah. place is ahead and of you, you never want to be it in feels like fourth. a pursuit because you see them and you're chasing them and you're trying to take them yeah. down and it feels like such a logical step that when I went back to play the first game I forgot that there was a third and fourth place and I thought <laughs> I was yeah, in yeah. pursuit yeah. so yeah, yeah. you know it's, yeah. it's obviously just They've played the first game and gone, oh, you know, this feels like a pursuit. Let's stick that in. Am I right in thinking? I'm not sure I'm right in thinking this, um, but playing through the championship and custom championship on Xbox, uh, it seemed that um, you had to. So you had to get all golds in certain events to unlock the pursuits, but actually you didn't need to do the pursuits to progress. Did they change that from the original, or was that always the case? The the original PS2 release, I felt like maybe at one point when I first played it, I got stuck on a pursuit mode because mm. I couldn't quite manage it or something. But I, I think, could just did be it not thinking. Go on total, like so, you could actually make the trophies up in yeah. another event to essentially progress but not complete. Right. Okay. 
Um, yeah, and it's kind of weird because sometimes you just you, like there is a way of taking more damage off the car that you're pursuing, which is normally w- wait for them to take a sharp bend and and basically go go into T-ball. their side head on. Yeah, T bone. That's it. Um, tell you this is not my genre. <laughs> um, and uh, and that will sometimes take like three or four chunks of of their health bar often, which is un- inconveniently placed at the top left hand side of the screen. Um, but um, but I, I have to say, going back to those, I, I did still get quite a kick out of them. Uh, yeah. But I just it just made me want to play uh, Criterion's Hot Pursuit again because yeah. yeah. I had so much fun on that. Yeah, there's not there's uh, not much um, <clears throat> audio feedback like you know. There's not much visual feedback for when you're hitting them, especially playing in third uh, in first person. Like I kind of have to use the look behind me button quite a lot because I don't know where he is in relation to me. And um, yeah, I kind yeah, of wish there was there was more visual sensories like a mirror or something just so I can sort of be aware of where he is at all times yeah it's so easy to outpace the other cars frankly um, in in Burnout 2 that I I found yeah I bumped into them a couple of times and then just gone scooting past and and yeah it's just kind of like right okay lift off the accelerator oh there he is and now I've got to catch up again which is a little frustrating Um, whereas Yeah. yeah obviously in later games where takedowns became more possible you could kind of get out in front and and pick your moment using rear view mirror um, and kind of slam into them as they came past which was uh, easier to do that that takedown method of simply taking the health is still an issue in in some games obviously Hot Pursuit still had that same issue where you would outrun your opponent something like Driver San Francisco equally uh, so it's something where without the actual takedown aspect of Burnout which obviously didn't come properly until the third one um, it became a case of trying to hit them, going too fast, slowing down letting them pass which you know it, that's not exclusive to Burnout or Burnout 2 there's, there's games far newer than that that it's still arguably the most annoying thing about uh, any game where the target is to simply mm. smash your opponent and stuff yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, Baron Phil certainly enjoyed it and he actually played it in multiplayer uh, Pursuit Mode was great fun and we set our own rules and always played the white Japanese muscle versus a black SUV uh, I don't I think I did have a few games of this with friend or friends um, but I think it was a similar sort of multiplayer issue on the, the one-on-one thing but perhaps it was more fun than just a straight race mm. well, I remember multiplayer in it with my then girlfriend at the time uh, but we tended to uh, rely on time trial leaderboards more often than split screen just because it was just more yeah. fun watching someone race and then the other person taking the controller and sort of picking up my weaknesses and and yeah just just constantly battling via time trials yeah it's another seemingly little thing that this game added um which was uh you know detailed um time attack records so uh I mean, there was a time attack mode in the first game, but this game stored your times no matter what you were doing, didn't it, I think? So. Yeah, and it used Xbox Live for um, leaderboards only as well, yeah. which, you know, it was a bit of um, a kick in the balls when, you, when you're like, Xbox Live enabled, like there's a little thing in the corner. It never, it yeah. never used the actual gold banner at the top of the box, because no, some games right. did that, and it was leaderboards yeah. only, and I think people were getting annoyed with the fact that it said Xbox Live enabled when it, when it clearly yeah. wasn't. So good on them for having a, a legitimate sticker or label saying yeah, leaderboards yeah. only. It, it, exactly the same syndrome as um, Daytona USA 2001 on the Dreamcast, which um, they actually removed the online multiplayer from the US and Japanese versions, but left us with European um, leaderboards only. Hmm. Uh, yeah, which was a shame. Yeah, but yeah, having the leaderboards there was, um, yeah, a, a nice touch. 
Yeah. And speaking of leaderboards, uh, this game added uh, one other mode, which was uh, Crash Mode. And of course, as we we mentioned, um, the Xbox version, which is why I ended up buying it more than anything, um, doubled the number of Crash Junctions. Now, this became a real um, hot seat multiplayer favourite around my way. It was up there with Monkey Target. Um, and it's a kind of um, it was a kind of strategy game. It's a kind of puzzle, yeah, puzzle game. game um, yeah, and uh, and it's the the main reason because obviously you know as much as I enjoyed Burnout Two and still enjoy it to a point, it would be uh, normally if I was going to play an arcade racer, or possibly even arcade racer by Criterion. Now I'd boot up Hot Pursuit or or something more recent. But for me, this was the the best the Crash Mode ever got. Um, I, I hated what they did with it in the sequels. Um, they started adding all these weird um, sort of aftertouch and launching mach- sort of like golf style, golf game style launching mechanisms, and they lost for me what was great about it. Now we'll talk about the crash game in that uh, in the in the Paradise show, but um, I was I was hoping that that would be like a return to this, but it sounds like it isn't. I've never actually played it, but this. Um, yeah, this was just uh, two or three people. I can't remember if it supported um, how many people it supported, but certainly I remember playing it with groups of people. I, I think taking it was it in four turns. players past the controller. Four yeah, I think players. it was. I think it probably was. Yeah, and it was very much like you, you had a bit of a disadvantage if you went first. So there, there, you know, you would have your own rules about who went first in in which games because there was kind of each one had a solution as such. But it you had to you had to pick a car and the solution to getting enough dollars for crashing into these junctions was also um uh, to do with what car and what angle you took off at and what speed and at what point you applied your boost and which vehicle you crashed into um and i used to absolutely love watching the chaos uh play out it was always kind of like a pachinko or peggle type of thing in that once you've played your move you can only really watch you can only watch and hope and I, and i guess that's why for some people it just isn't their thing but i absolutely loved it I mean, it was absolutely fascinating, wasn't it, watching the other cars, the AI cars, ping around into each other, and, and you'd be like, oh, and you'd, you know, you'd see, like, the, the big 18-wheeler oh, or the truck. Just, be, yeah. That's, that's then, the money shot. Yeah, yeah and then every yeah. so often they'd just swerve out the way, and you're like, no! Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and we'd have so much fun thinking about all the people who, you know, you'd watch all the windows yeah. burst out yeah. the side of a bus. There goes the school oh, bus. It was <laughs> really impressive for the time, I remember thinking. Uh, you know, you mentioned how they've changed up the other ones, and I, I think ultimately Burnout mm. 2 was so pure in its crash junctions. It was, it, it, yeah, it, totally. it was just that you get up to speed, you hit what you want, and then you watch the carnage. And, and the carnage was, at the time, utterly spectacular. Yeah, um, it was, yeah. And, and yeah. It, you know, it was an easy game mode to play around with friends. I think my issue was that I come from a background where I absolutely adore racing games, and the friends that I had who got this game for free was more of a... He wasn't really a racing fan, he was a casual fan, so whenever we were around, I wanted to race, and he wanted to crash, and it became a bit annoying <laughs> right. that, you know... And I think it yeah, yeah. Pro- probably... For me, I portrayed the crash mode a bit more negatively than it deserved. I could see the fun of it, but every so often I'd be like, "Well, do you want to do a race?" He's like, "Ah, oh, we'll do some more crash junctions," and you know. And I think I appreciate the crash mode for what it was, and it was great fun. And I think if I was with, you know, similarly minded people who would equally do racing, I would have probably adored mm. that mod. Um, mm, as it is, mm. I've always had a bit of a bug, you know, a bugbear with Burnout Two, in, in that regard, because I always felt that. As good as the racing is, that they clearly favoured the the crash junctions, even the name, the 
you know point of impact is where you're going to crash which vehicle you're going to choose to to create the most carnage and i always felt like this is the crash game you got the sense that maybe that this was a mo because obviously they'd been racing and racing and racing in, in the development studio and then they came up with this concept and then they went oh wow this is really good fun and then they kind of you know focused on it for a while but then i think they over egged the pudding in in subsequent games but uh but that's for another podcast hmm. there's a there's a few um looking back on this mode in particular i really enjoyed it at the time and i thought you know it was a a, a brave new way of taking you know the car game because it essentially turned it into kind of trial and error ish uh, puzzle game but you know one that if you had more than two of you around you could sort of like learn from their mistakes and you know yeah absolutely and, you know yeah. to take on what they benefited from their, their their go and you could add it to yours as well as your own little touch mm-hmm. um but looking back on it now there's quite a few things that frustrated me with it and i think it it kind of stems back to what i was saying about like how nintendo treat the player after like hours and hours and hours of playing the game and then they do the same thing like there's so many menus to dig back through to restart like with trials now you kind of you kind of expect an instant restart button if you're not happy with your first initial crash because you know that's where it all you know connects onto and ultimately even though it's a half a minute later there's so much in between that half a minute that you just kind of think well no I've restart now and then it's always slow motion which bugs me because once I've seen it in slow motion once I kind of think okay now can we have a button that sort of you know regains normal speed yeah Yeah, for sure I I like the crash junctions and and there's a couple of moments in particular that stick out in my mind the first moment is when you click on uh, on a particular um, junction and it pops up and it tells you how much damage you've got to do to get a gold medal. Yeah. And you go through the first couple and it's like a couple of million. And then one pops yeah. up, 17 million. And it's just like the glee that fills up inside me at that moment. Oh, just yeah. because you know basic level of how much extra damage you're going to be doing to, you know, how, how much chaos you're going to be causing. Um, and you get up towards like tens of millions of dollars worth of damage you need to be doing oh, to get yeah. golds. And just seeing that pop up just because you might have a couple where it's like five six million then yeah one pops up where it's a much bigger number and just immediately you know you're in for a treat um and and the other moment is and and this is why i actually like uh future iterations of of crash modes where they do introduce after touch because i think it adds peaks and troughs throughout the uh the experiences um mm. in this you set your crash up and then at the end it hangs like it almost goes super slow for about five <laughs> seconds, yeah. and in that time you're thinking, "Come on, something hit something," because yeah, it has it has that sort of dead time where it allows. <laughs> it's it's like uh, having a a, um, a combat chain counter or something like that, where yeah. you know you've got that allowance before the the counter is going to run back down to to zero, um, and you're you're going to lose your um, your kind of built up in this case money um, and uh, and yeah just seeing the money go up and up and up and then it stops and hangs for those few seconds where it might start up again um, that's brilliant mm. it's so tense but again you have no control over that and I think Leon you, you spoke absolutely uh, perfectly about how it is that notion of uh, I, I said in, in burnout it's, it's, it's your crash um, but you're completely hands off at that point, and and what I liked about aftertouch is you have that moment where the the aftertouch meter's nearly filled up, and you might get another chance to well, in in um, 
later games you get a chance to kind of you push the button and blow yeah. your car again and, and go yeah. Yeah. yeah and so you're waiting for that to happen and then it just happens and yes you go again and you get that kind of that almost narrative through the crash where you are hands off for large periods of it and there might not be much you can do yeah this also um, just has one of my favourite things about a, a hot seat multiplayer mode that um, I wish was more prevalent which is the fact that you are both playing against your opponent and the high score table at all times the same as monkey target the same as we bowling you know the things like that where you're you've you've kind of got these two things and yeah you you just reminded me of that talking about the you know the scores on the doors as you go into the mode you know you need this much but i think it also shows your previous high scores um at that point or maybe it doesn't maybe it should maybe you only find out afterwards but yeah we had because we played this so much so you know on on local multiplayer game nights that some of the high scores we had on on some of these junctions were like dozens of times higher than the gold medal you know like hundreds of millions that we just had a one particularly you know perfect go (laughs) and then it was always a case of you know well i'm just scraping onto the bottom of that leaderboard but if i get another one like that (laughs) time i can get three million dollars more or whatever and yeah just i love i love that in in uh, in multiplayer games and uh, miss it because it's it's all too. I rare. think it's one of those modes where I, th- I wish I was ten years older when I played it because I can imagine getting loads of friends around, having some drinks, having mm. a good, you know having a real good time and totally. having a natter and just yeah. howling stuff. But. Yeah, hot hot seat. Yeah, it was hilarious. You know, it was there were lots of laughs to be had. Uh, you know, and again, especially if you add your own commentary and start to imagine who's in these vehicles and things like that, it's a bit of dark humour. Um, but yes, again, I suppose I I didn't really play too much of the the you know the standard racing multiplayer. Um, again, it was only one or two players, and uh, and again, I I do remember the frame rate and the graphical detail dropping, and and just again, you just have that thing where yes, you get a friend round or a significant other or whatever, and you've played the game so much more than they have that they can't possibly uh, keep up with you. Plus. Um, the, the, the condensed split screen means that you've got far less visibility of what's yeah. coming towards you and the frame rate makes it harder to, to manoeuvre anyway so yeah just it should be you'd think you know you understand why they do it you understand why it's on the back of the box but the reality is that I had infinitely more fun playing Crash Mode I than I had playing the split screen online multiplayer really is the best thing that ever happened to a racing game isn't it <laughs> he said again yeah 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 absolutely um, before we conclude on Crash Mode, uh, Baron Phil also says uh, the introduction of Crash Mode was a welcome addition and everyone learning from each other's run and finding new ways to rack up huge scores. Uh, yeah, I was glad to, I'm glad to find out I wasn't alone in that. And obviously there was a there was an audience for it because they kept bringing it back and they did it they did it as a solo game. But for me, it was like as much as I loved the main boy, Burnout Two game, the reason I kept it was was Crash. Uh, yes, so those emulation issues that plague the sequel that I wasn't really aware of until this week because I hadn't played so far into it. Um, the frame rate on any tracks where there's weather. <laughs> yeah, it's oh. like driving through treacle, isn't it? it no, is, yeah. no, it's like driving through nearly nearly set cement. It is... <laughs> yeah. It was not like that on, on the no, original no, Xbox. It's purely an emulation <laughs> issue. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, the the one on the on the plus side, it does make those races very easy because <laughs> yeah. because you've got ridiculous reaction time. Um, and the other emulation issue, unlike the first game, there's no problem with the sound whatsoever. It all works absolutely fine as far as I can tell. Um, however, f- fans of of of, an, of a pretty moon will be disappointed <laughs> as the uh, as the moon is replaced by a big white. It square. reminded me of Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but obviously yeah. Minecraft is an aesthetic choice, whereas this it was just disgusting okay let's hear from a few more correspondents and uh, they've all posted on the forum in this case canarince.com slash forum Um, but you can also email in canarince at gmail.com Mr Flabio says one of my friends from university liked Burnout 2 enough to pick up a PS2 steering wheel for it like at any decent Mm. height table to clamp the thing to he resorted to using his ironing board <laughs> Ironing boards, however, aren't built for the kind of aggressive steering the Burnout games need, and so it collapsed on more than one occasion. <laughs> adds to the risk reward nature of the game. It does, yeah. <laughs> Where's your after touch now? Um, I'm one of those that prefers the more relaxed and less punishing gameplay of Burnout 3 and Burnout Paradise, but there's no denying the tension of the early Burnout games and, and how sometimes you just find yourself slipping into a trance like state in which you are unbeatable. Yes, there's that word trance again. I think yeah. it comes up at least more, at least once more. James? Sosifer says, The first game was a complete surprise. I wasn't expecting anything from it. Coming from a claim, you tend to expect the worst. But Criterion <laughs> delivered a fine arcade racer. It hit the right time too, with the Fast and the Furious riding high in the cinema. Racing games were the in thing. Burnout 2 is a massive improvement though. Crash mode is one of the finest modes in any game of that era. How the hell did someone think, let's make an arcade racing puzzle game? It works though. The hours I spent trying to get the best scores working out the right point of impact eh? Eh? (laughs) to get those high scores was pure genius. Do you guys remember the controversy with the ad campaigns for Burnout 2? And Shadow Man and Turok. Yeah. I seem to remember a print ad was leaked ahead of the official advertising of the most famous crashes of all time. Then a claim even said that they would pay speeding fines for those who purchased the game on launch day. Jesus. Yeah, tasteful stuff. They were renowned yeah, for it. Name um, your child, Turok. Pro- and- oh, yeah. Advertising on it, tombstones. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and the thing is, like he says there about... Um, uh, you know, being a claim, you tended to fear the worst. Well, that, that's sort of partially true. Like they, they, they had they released a lot of games, and it's true to say that some of them were absolutely appalling. Um, but they also did have their name on, you know, quite a number of decent things. But yes, their 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 PR was just gross, and was, um, and yeah. and it worked because people are still it, talking about it. Everything that was bad about the late nineties, early two thousands ad campaigns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Carl. Baron Phil said, The original Burnout was a complete impulse buy for me purely because I had money to spend and wanted a game. I spotted it on the shelf and as an arcade racer fan, took the chance and I'm so glad I did as it blew me away. It came out when I was 20, when me and my friends would spend all our free time drinking and gaming at a friend's flat. I remember taking it around my friend's house to show them all and everyone was sat flinching every near miss as I drove headlong into oncoming traffic. At that time, none of my gaming friends were racing game fans, but all five who were there that day picked the game up and when Burnout 2 came out... It was a big event for all of us. Cool. Event games. 
Robotic Monkey says, For me, Burnout 2 is the perfect arcade racer, featuring over-stylized vehicles, a good selection of races, and it just felt fast. Crash mode was great fun too, trying to work out the best way to cause the biggest pile-up of traffic chaos. While racing, I I like the risk-reward balance of driving aggressively and swerving near oncoming traffic to build up boost versus playing it safe and avoiding a crash. Holding down the boost button beefed up the soundtrack, which seemed to make boosting all the more pleasing. Later on in the game, pulling off a drift through a section of corners and coming out clean felt genuinely satisfying, and something I've not found in a racing game since. Genuine arcade racing loveliness. Hey, There'll be 2K says, Burnout 1 felt like a proof of concept to me. A chance for Criterion to test out their renderware engine on the back of an interesting premise. The seeds of adrenaline fueled risk racing were present in a slimmed down package that at times was too punitive for its own good, leading to lots of restarts, which became particularly egregious when the final longer races came in. But all the hints were there, they just needed to find a way to hook them all together into the perfect storm. And that perfect storm is Burnout 2. The most important tweak that they made was to make small revisions to the risk and reward balance leading to courses where you could continually burn out for all three laps after the first one that is kicked off. This is where the game shined, where you as the driver pushed yourself to find the most beneficial route without crashing. It continually teased possibility in your face and dared you take dared you to take that last risk, move away at the last second and rewarded you with a kick of adrenaline. It forced you to always concentrate, always be fearful of what was around the next corner because contact of any nature was still fatal. It is the only arcade racer that requires both precision and skill all the time that I can remember. The course design was also fantastic. The course, is, the course based on what looked to be a mixture of seafront and inner city being a particular highlight of lane and intersection dodging. The cars were much better modelled and felt far more satisfying to drive taking aspects of both drifting and four-wheel drive to heart to cater for all styles while Crash Junction was the realisation that actually it, it can be fun to cause a little mayhem. Of all the Burnout games, Burnout 2 is the purest. It does not put the player in kid gloves and demands total precision throughout. Anything that moves is possibly deadly and as a test of skill it is the Burnout game that requires complete dedication. Later, later ones relaxed the collision rules and allowed rear-ending of traffic, which for me lost some of the magic and skill of what made the series as much fun as it was. I really enjoyed this racer, and for me, only PGR is a series that comes close or equals Burnout in terms of arcade racing. Arcade racing. But yes, uh, PGR obviously I know has a huge and, and passionate yeah. fan base, but you can't do Burnouts in PGR. <laughs> It wouldn't be right, I realise that, but you know, I like to burn out. Uh, following on from CJ's previous comment, he says on Burnout 2, By Burnout 2, I was playing on Xbox, and while skirting purely on memories at this point, I recall thinking this was as close to the purity of the arcades of my youth as I could ever have hoped. I adored the designs of the tracks, the sheer feeling of speed, which may well seem a bit laughable in the modern day. Not no, really. No, not at all. And once again, ploughed so, so much time into it easily the most obsessed I've ever been over a console racer an adoration which continued into 3 on Xbox then Revenge on 360 but died utterly with Paradise which I hated but those are stories for another podcast and another time it's been so long since I played these and the podcast has instilled a desire to play Burnout 2 again particularly Good, but I can't seem to find the disc although I'm beginning to wonder if it's actually still in the Xbox itself time to get it and the Duke down from atop the wardrobe Nice. That's what it's um, all about. Yeah, no, Burnout 2 still has a great sense of speed. Um, mm. Definitely. 
Now some uh, three-word reviews from the Twitter, at Cana Rince. Uh, we always ask for these, or we try to always ask for these on the day of the recording of the podcast. Uh, look out for that if you follow us on Twitter and uh, get on the show with your three-word review. Mm. James Phylus says, shiny red car. Ashley Day says, delightfully dangerous driving. Gus Nort said, glorious automobile extirpation. Daniel Gomez, a.k.a. Todinho, says, perfect organised destruction. Roman So, a.k.a. Kurosite, says, in a trance. Uh, CJ Coffee Jesus says, smile-inducing brilliance. Bernie Liederkrantz said, arcade racing perfection, and that was obviously intended towards Burnout 2, point of impact. Yep, there we go. All right. Uh, let us summarise uh, both games and would we recommend that people go back to either one or both um, or play something else instead would we even like some sort of you know, new version of original Burnouts or whatever say whatever hmm. you think Darren yeah Burnout 1 and 2 um, it's, quite, it's quite an interesting one going back and playing them because they both still play really well but I can't really recommend the first one over the second one like there's no real reason to play the first one it doesn't offer you know it doesn't, it, it doesn't really offer much more at all. Like, there's no benefit to playing the first one over the second one. But I do feel like they're similarly enough that you know you would compare the two. Whereas I think if you're talking about Burnout Three, I wouldn't really put that in the same sort of Venn diagram circle as you know the the one and two. So um, if you were to play either of them, and I, I think you should, I think you should play the second one. It, it is uh, it is what a sequel is all about. It's you know it's it's you know it's the Cliffy B bigger badass. What do, you, what do you call it? Bigger, bigger, badass? I don't know. That, that bigger, better, and more badass. I yes, the Gears of War phrase that you use for the Gears mm-hmm. of War games. Uh, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I'd recommend playing Burnout too. Playing it now, it, um, you know, the sense of speed is still there. The sense of danger, tension, and uh, just all-round fun that Criterion hoped for when developing the game still shines through now. Uh, you know, the purity of Crash Mode is, you know, makes that mode unique to that game and you can't really get that crash mode at anywhere else, not even from a game called Burnout Crash. So yeah, uh, check out Burnout 2 Point of Impact. Uh, you know, it is great fun and quite refreshing to play in today's market where there's no real burnout. You know, I, I miss it. I want it back. And uh, yeah, Burnout 2 is well worth playing. Cool. James? This game's quite weird to play for me because obviously Burnout Legends, the idea was to hark back to some of these original tracks and um, going on Harbour Town in, in Burnout or you know uh, Interstate tracks in, in Burnout to I'm get, I get nostalgic feelings despite the fact that these were the original places that they occurred. Um, mm. What absolutely stands out and will I believe be the same for anyone who plays these games is the sense of speed and the kernels you've got in even in 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 the original burnout for for what criterion would take the series on to to become its its eventual um you know its eventual end i guess at this point um they're all there they may not work quite the way we want to but it's clear that even even though takedowns weren't in the uh, in in the game, it's clear the idea for takedowns was in the game. It's just it didn't quite work yet. And in between Burnout and Burnout Two, they make changes that are you know clearly changes along the path to where the games would would go and end up. Um, as as for recommending someone to pick it up and play it, I don't honestly know how useful my recommendation or otherwise would be. What I can say is. Burnout 2 plays absolutely 
excellently to this day. Yes, there are things about it that would be different now. It would be higher resolution. It would have Avril Lavigne tracks in it, etc. But ultimately, the sense of racing is still great. It still looks good. It you know still plays fantastically. The emulation issues aren't the end of the world. It's a bit weird to be driving like you're driving a tractor, but. Um, but yeah, it's just a really fun game to play. I really enjoyed it. And despite the fact that by all accounts, going back to something like a racing game that is more than 10 years old should be kind of a, a difficult thing to do. You would expect games now to be faster and just more fun and, and more rounded and, and well presented and well done. It really doesn't feel like that. It doesn't feel like a game that is struggling uh, to to keep up with modern modern games and having been surpassed, it just feels great. It really does. Thank you, James. And Mr. Carl, I'm not sure I'd recommend going back. I mean, Burnout's an odd one. Um, there are really there are five mainline games in the Burnout series, uh, you know. And yeah, you look, and I think much in the way that we've structured these podcasts, I would never class Burnout as a pentalogy. It's a series of two duologies and Burnout Paradise, um, and I think mm. you could essentially a need for speed. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, it, there's a hexology then, but I think in terms of of Burnout and Burnout Two Point of Impact, that that's its own duology, and I think you could really skip them as good as good as we've essentially made Burnout Two sound. Um, and and they could have quite easily have released a, a HD collection um, onto the last generation of consoles for two through four. Um, I would say if you're going to go into any burnout games, you might be better going into the the, the second duology of, of Takedown and Revenge because it feels they've. Well, I mean, we'll cover those in a later podcast, but you know the the tweaks that happen between one and two continue through the series. Um, two feels a lot stronger to play than one so if you wanted to see where the origins of the series came from you could quite easily jump in but the first one does feel awfully rushed as I described earlier in the show it feels like a pre-alpha um, in comparison to games that we have now the second one is very playable although primarily for the purest crash mode that the series has ever had so if you're up for you know, going a little bit retro it feels so weird to call a game retro that is you know came out when I was eighteen, but you know I digress. That's um, then you could do a lot worse than than throw on burnout to uh, get four pads and, and go crash junction in with your friends. Um, whether I would do it as a serious racer, I probably wouldn't recommend playing one or two as an arcade racer because we've had so many better alternates. Um, not just in the Burnout series or the more open Burnout series of Paradise, but also in the, you know the Need for Speed series with with uh, Hop Shoot. So, uh, as much as I appreciate where they came from, I could not recommend people going back to see. Um, whereas I, uh, I certainly um, aligned with uh, Darren and I think James on really I don't think there's much uh, need to go back to Burnout as I say there may be people out there who consider it the only Burnout game worth playing um, but I'm not in that camp I definitely for me Burnout 2 um, iterated on everything that Burnout did in in such an exciting and intelligent way um, that I would absolutely if they released a, a game called Burnout Classic as a download for you know PSN 360 or whatever um 
in HD with full online integration, I would absolutely buy it again, um, just to not have those emulation issues on the 360 and to have online crash mode and and uh, and leaderboards. Um, other than Need for Speed Hot Pursuit, the Criterion one, obviously, um, Burnout 2 Point of Impact is my favourite Burnout game. I didn't enjoy 3 uh, Revenge, I didn't play Dominator and I didn't in- I didn't even enjoy Paradise more than I enjoyed Burnout 2 Point of Impact I think, you know, all those games I enjoyed bits of them but other other elements of them really took the series away from where I wanted it to be and I actually consider Burnout 2 Point of Impact one of my favourite arcade star races of that whole era um, thinking post Ridge Race and Daytona and, and I guess pre uh, pre-criterion doing Need for Speed so um, yeah I would absolutely recommend playing Burnout 2 but preferably on one of its original formats rather than emulated because it does does uh, does sour the experience ever so slightly so that was the first two Burnouts uh, some other people including some of these fellows will be back in a month to talk about uh, the the next two in the, the next duology in the Burnout legacy the EA the start of the EA ones after a claim went bust in whatever year that was Uh, and until the next issue though it just remains for me Leon Cox to thank Darren Gargett James Carter and Carl Moon uh, and to remind you that next time in issue 128 we will conclude our first Super Mario series uh, with a close inspection of those new Super Mario Brothers games until then